Welcome everybody to Lee Landsmeet, but today is a very, very special episode because today we are actually doing a roundtable episode where I gather together some friends and we go full on ham on a topic. And today we're actually switching gears from Dragon Age and we're talking about Mass Effect. So you've already met Lisa and Marshall, but today we're also joined with Chris, another mod from my Discord server that you can totally join if you want to by becoming a channel member. Link down below. But Chris, how are you doing today? Ah, you know, I'm a little bit tired, but all things considered, doing pretty good. Hell yeah. Now, normally we ask guests what Dragon Age means to them, but we're not talking about Dragon Age, we're talking about Mass Effect. So, Chris, as however you want to, what does Mass Effect mean to you? Mass Effect and Dragon Age mean very similar things to me. They both came to me, or I came to them, I should say, uh, when I was at a very lonely point in my life. I didn't really have friends, I didn't really have a strong connection with my family, and I ended up, like, buying Dragon Age Origins for, like, nine bucks. And then I got, like, two for, like, four bucks. And then I got the trilogy for, like, twelve. It was this unbelievable series of lucky purchases. They sort of, like, sustained me through this intensely lonely period and let me make it to the other side. And then I started, you know, having a social life. <laughs> um, but more broadly, Mass Effect's has very much influenced how I saw or how I perceived sci-fi. For a very long time, I was not a big sci-fi fan. I was always a fantasy over sci-fi guy. That's why for the longest time, whenever I heard people talking about Mass Effect, my eyes glazed over. But, you know, after playing <laughs> yeah, Origins... Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but after playing Origins in 2, I was, like, fixing for more of that Bioware magic. And so I ended up getting the Mass Effect trilogy, and I played it once, and I was like, oh, you know what, I like that. And then I played it more times than I played the Dragon Age trilogy. And it sort of planted a seed of affection for sci-fi that has now blossomed into a full-on adoration for the genre. And now I'm, like, going back and I'm reading old fanzines from the 70s. Or, like, amateur people are submitting stories that they got paid $7 for. And sometimes they're the most ridiculous stuff, like incestuous psychic lover mother <laughs> that controls the entire ship. And other times, it, they're these beautiful, elegant little stories. It's such a fascinating genre. And Mass Effect is responsible for so much of my love. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a heretical question. Do you prefer Mass Effect more than Dragon Age, or is it more just both the same? Apples and oranges. I yeah. go to them for different yeah. things. I can't really compare them. I mean, like, Mass Effect, I think, has always had better cinematography, and the music's always been more iconic. I guess Sans Andromeda for the cinematography, although Andromeda also has its own moments that are lovely. But I go to Dragon Age for, like, a preposterous amount of RPG content. Oh, yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, here, here's my hot take. I'm throwing. I'm gonna throw on my throw on the ring right away. Obviously, you know, I, I'm a big fantasy over sci-fi guy through and through, hundred percent. So I like Dragon Age more, but I think Mass Effect is the better game. Like a hundred percent, I think it's the better product and the better right. game think, in general. Well, it's finished. Mass Effect one, two, or three, or the trilogy, or the tri do you think? I think of like, what are you comparing? I, I guess I'm comparing the trill the three games we have to the three games we have. You know, like the, the Mass Effect trilogy yeah, that's versus fair. That's fair. The, yeah. the so far Dragon Age trilogy. Obviously, with you know, we're gonna get four soon, Hopefully. eventually. Hopefully. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I would I would say with Dragon Age, 
it's, it's, it is not, not really, yeah it's not really fair to compare because dragon age yeah, also it isn't, isn't like a one vision it's not a cohesive yeah. story yeah, that, and exactly. that's that, exactly. that's the thing yeah. that's yeah. that's yeah. the yeah. thing like he's trying to do something very different like dragon age is a is like a series of microcosms yeah. you're mm -hmm. getting all of these different glimpses into the world from different perspectives yeah. where mass effect is one vision one character yeah. absolutely Maybe that's just what I prefer. Yeah, yeah. In, like, in, in terms of in terms of narrative, at least. Yeah. Like, I I I think from a narrative perspective, I just it's like more closure. More. Yeah, yeah, it's more closure there. Works. Characters, the romances develop every game, more or less. Mm -hmm. You know, it, there's an ask system to it. Ask me this in like ten years when like Dragon <laughs> Age Five is out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we exactly. Can compare this. We can come back. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing because. Mass Effect's finished, and obviously now it's at a point where the series is opening up again to reboots and whatever they're going to do in the future, but mm -hmm. it's finished. It's at its definitive yeah. point. It's had it. Dragon Age is still going, and it's still continuing, and also it's picking up different writers, and it's just picking up different directors too, and therefore it has different vibes and different aspects in each game as well. That just Whereas, whereas Mass Effect, obviously it changes in, in its game development, it's still more or less the same obviously it got more action uh more action as more, more more of a third person action shooter towards the end but narratively it's still the same game whereas dragon age has changed so many different shapes already uh, and so i suppose right. we can come back to this when dragon age 5 is out but it, it is we hard can, to compare dragon age has True. mutated so much we could see a world in the future where it's a straight up action rpg in the yeah. vein of like god of war or it could also be a top-down diablo yeah. absolutely game. Absolutely, yeah, it's it's crazy. You know? On the topic of comparing the two, like I agree with you guys, but if I had to choose, I still prefer Dragon Age because I like the fact that you jump into a new story every time, and yet mm -hmm. in the end of the day, all the stories are connected. Mm -hmm. That's what I like about yeah. Dragon Age. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed Mass Effect, yeah. but I think I prefer the fantasy setting, of course, but also mm -hmm. just making a new character and meeting new characters in the in in Thedas, in the Bioware world. Yeah. It's what I enjoyed a lot. I, I think what's most unique about Dragon Age, and Mass Effect does do this, but Dragon Age does it better, is you see character developments like 10 years ahead. In Mass Effect, right. you get that, and it's a couple of years ahead, you know, from Ashley in Mass Effect 1 to Ashley in Mass Effect 3. But with Dragon Age, it's like, okay, this is Alistair as a young warden. This is Alistair yeah. now as a grumbling, hating the hero for Alden Warden who is just sick of it. He's sick of the shit. And, and, it, and it does those developments better where you get to see those characters on a completely different walk in their life. Like, example, again, Liliana goes from this lovely, sweet Chantry girl to this F the maker kind of, you know, proper assassin. And, and it does those developments really well. And that's what, what's, what's exciting to see in the future is, oh, what are we going to see of Varric again? What are we going to see of Solas? How are, they, how, how are these characters, like Zevran, if they ever appear again, how are they going to develop since those initial actions we saw them? And that's what I love most about it. Again, Mass Effect does that, but in Dragon Age, it's more refined and, and you, it's more palpable, I would say. I would also yeah. throw out there that, uh, and this is this is more me than anything, but I would say that uh, Dragon Age has in its camp Dragon Age Two, which does so many unique things that it like it really does carve its own direction and makes them incomparable to me. Like Dragon Age Two on its own does the thing where you see characters progress over ten years. Absolutely, Dragon Absolutely. Age Two on its own has that insanity that only fantasy can really deliver. Dragon Age as a franchise has so many unique things that Mass Effect really can't deliver because of the genre and yeah. because of the mode of storytelling. That's just it. Like, that's really the difference between the two franchises. Like you said, it's apples and oranges. 
Yeah. Like, like yeah. they're both made by the same company, but with just greatly different visions. Like, one yeah. vision compared to multiple different visions. And then, like, the Mass Effect trilogy is all made under, like, an incredible amount of stress. And, you know, it's like, what was it, three three games in seven years, six years? Uh, Mass Effect 3 was 2012. Well, 12, yeah. 12. So, what, is that five years? Five years? My Yeah. You have Origins and 2, which... We're you who? see and feel the quality difference. Yeah, 2001, yeah. 2009 yeah. 2011. And then 2011 to 2014. 14, 14, 20, 2014, 2014, yeah. And now 2014 That's... to 2021. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope we feel the quality difference. <laughs> I hope so. But yep. We better. <laughs> But guys, this is what we're in for. This is the roundtable where we are just going to be contrasting opinions. Probably have some great opinions that we probably equally share. Just going for it. Just just having our opinions, uh, you know, uh, and respecting each other's opinions, but also just, just going at it. And yeah, we're going to delve into now just pure Mass Effect. So we're going to start with everyone's introduction to the series to see what level they came into, if they started with the remaster, if they are hardcore fans, to what knowledge they have of Mass Effect. So I'll go first. I have been a hardcore fan of Mass Effect since its inception. I would say I probably played Mass I played Mass Effect 2 first in 2010. Uh, my friend got me into it. We, we, I remember we were hyperfixated on it. We were literally running around a park and he was talking about all about Mass Effect. And I was like, okay, I have to play this game. So I think I, I just went into a game store and I bought it straight away and I fell in love with Mass Effect 2 because it was the first RPG that I played. So, and I, you know, like, I know that lots of people just have that, you know, that reputation of the first RPG mm-hmm. they played and it being the best game they've ever played ever. You know, I struggle right. to say which is my favorite game, Inquisition or Mass Effect 2. It probably is Mass Effect 2 just because it's the first RPG I played and what it did to me, which was just inspire me and pull me into this universe of you know i've always grown up as a huge star wars fan so i've always been into sci-fi in that regard but mass effect was just this complete and doctor who i'd say doctor who too doctor who more so in star wars the the sci-fi elements of it and i I loved every part of it the fact that you know aliens weren't the enemy for the for, for what to me felt i know star trek does it but you know for what to me felt like it wasn't always you know, this conflict about aliens versus humans. I love that. I never mm-hmm. about it. So yeah, I've always been a hardcore fan of it. I loved it. Mass Effect 2, I fell in love with it since, since 2010 and Mass Effect 1, played that and then I went to 3, fresh of the gates and I loved it. The ending, whatever. I still loved it. I, I got the closure. I was a Miranda Lawson romancer, uh, destroy ending and I thoroughly, thoroughly loved Mass Effect and it was the favourite favorite franchise for a long long time and i would say the reason that i i, I was an a mass effect youtube channel for a, for a while since 2016 but i fell off that just because of what andromeda did now i respect it now but it just did things to me that i didn't didn't like it, it made it tainted mass effect and i'm better now more mature in my opinion i can develop an opinion about you know insulting anyone but at that time andromeda just was i just didn't like it at all but yeah, that, that's me. What about you guys? So I'm a new fan. I started playing Mass Effect in uh, this year uh, when the Legendary Edition uh, uh, released. Uh, so I had played a little bit of Mass Effect 1 before, but I just couldn't get into it. And that's mainly because I'm not a big sci-fi fan. I'm yeah. really, really into fantasy. Always been. Uh, so when I tried Mass Effect 1, I liked it, but it was an old game and it was the, the whole uh, aesthetics of sci-fi yes i i don't really like it so i tried it mm-hmm. one or two times and then i stopped but then uh when they released the legendary edition uh, i saw that they released the three games including all dlcs and i've heard so many good things about mass effect and the characters so i was like well you know what i'm gonna try it i wanna i wanna play this game and i wanna support bioware and i wanna see what this is all about uh so i played it and i loved it 
Hell yeah. <laughs> I loved it right away. So I, I loved Mass Effect 1. Uh, it took me a little bit to get into it, but I started really, really getting into it near the middle, uh, the, the middle or the end of the game. And then by the start of the second game, I absolutely loved it. Hell yeah. Dragon Age is still my one true love, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mass Effect is, as of now, my second favorite game series of all time. Oh, uh, Dragon Age being the first. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really have any experience on the original trilogy. I just have played the, the, remastered. Uh, the yeah. legendary. Yeah, so but from that's that experience, all I can... You're a huge yeah. fan of it, though, from what, what Bioware did with that remaster, which I thought was it... excellent. Yeah. Very similar to Lisa here. I just played Mass Effect for the first time this year with the Legendary Edition. Since I've also always kind of been like a fantasy over sci-fi guy, I knew Mass Effect existed. Yeah. But I just like didn't play it. I didn't play it. Yeah, I played Dragon Age because I love Dragon Age. Obviously, I knew like the general premise of Mass Effect, the general story. I know three's ending was like pee pee poo poo, according to some people. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll get into that later. But um, so when like the Legendary Edition came out, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll get that. You know, I'll have a, I'll, I'll, I'll give it, a, I'll give it a go, and I loved it. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's so good. Like, I, I love the storytelling, all the characters, the gameplay sometimes. Um, but, you know, it was just a, a fantastic experience to go through. I think it really did me well to play through the entirety of the game. Yeah. Seri like, the, the whole series, like, start to finish. In one you, like, fell binge. Yeah. In, in one fell swoop. So I had, like, a continuous story in, like, three parts. I, it was great, and I ended up falling in love with the series, and now I'm extremely excited to see where it goes in the future and how they'll add to this world and these characters. I've hopped on the train, and now I'm going to be on the train for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Yeah, so I ended up playing it in 2015. Uh, like I said earlier, I got the entire trilogy in one package, you know, sealed together in one, like, really nice fold-out box, you know, that looks like a like special edition DVDs yeah. of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. 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 yeah, actually, one of those for the PS3 in 2015. I played Mass Effect 1, and then I had this moment at the end after I had killed Saren, and the game, you know, the game just stops. There's no post-game, and I'm like, are there only four missions in that? There are only four main missions in that game. I think, Everything I, is you, you told me, you told me that because I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do the next, the next main mission when I was playing like for the first time. And you're like, do the side content first, yeah. Marshall. There's only like four yeah. missions in this game. <laughs> and so I went back and I played through New Game Plus on Mass Effect One, and I was so blown away that this. RPG that I uh, invested so much time and like put thought and had so much fun ended up being like only a few real missions and then it was all side content and like it blew my mind and it was like a it Mass Effect 1 is like a real RPG and even if the gameplay is a little clunky I knew nothing about sh uh, shooters at the time so it felt just as bad to me as any other shooter. <laughs> so Mass Effect 2, when I eventually got to it post New Game Plus of Mass Effect 1, I was like, oh, wow, oh, this new cinematic stuff is so cool. 
but I wonder why it didn't open with too much uh, character customization stuff. And Mass Effect 2, I had this very strange relationship with where I, what I'd really <laughs> fallen in love with for Mass Effect 1 was how much of an RPG it was. Yeah. And Mass Effect 2 went the other way. Mass Effect 2 wanted to be pristine. It wanted to be, you know, your show horse. It wanted to be the sort of thing that you would show off to your friend as this cool game with all of these cool things happening in it. I had so many mixed feelings on play or when I was playing it because, like, I don't really love many of the characters in Mass Effect 2. Um, I know that's a little bit of a spicy take, uh, <laughs> but, like, Grunt is, re or Grunt is really the only new character that really got my heart. I like some of them fine, but it was such a mixed bag for me when I was playing. And then Mass Effect 3, I was, uh, I was very poor at the time. So I didn't have any of the money to buy any of the DLC, and the the package that I bought it with didn't come with any of the DLC. Layer of the Shadow Broker, I should say, was free oh. on PSN at the time, so I was incredibly good. lucky. Good, because that's uh, the best. So, yes, it was very good. It was very therapeutic. That's, oh, that's so good. That's I, took a, yeah. I, took a, I took a screenshot of because I brought Garrus and Tally with me on that mission, and there was this one where like all four of you were like in, in the, like, yeah. a stand, yeah. and I'm like, that's so fucking cool. It's the <laughs> four of us. It's my four favorite <laughs> characters. Oh, yeah. I got to Mass Effect 3, and I didn't have any money for the DLC, and so what I ended up getting was this very stripped-down, bare-bones equivalent of Mass Effect 3. Most of the best missions are gone if you don't have the DLC. I ended up only playing it once because I had such, uh, such a bad time. It felt so rushed. There was no downtime. Something that I adored about Mass Effect 1 was how free it felt, how open it felt. There were only four missions, but I could do an entire game's worth of content yeah. before tackling one of them. Yeah. And Mass Effect 2 reduced that. You know, if after you fit or after you collect Legion, you either have to bait or you're oh, basically Jesus. like given the ultimatum, guns held to your entire crew's head, like, all right, come save your entire crew and ignore everything else in the galaxy, or else everybody dies. <laughs> and then you, you Mass don't Effect know that. You don't you know don't. You're, I, I didn't know about that, and uh, I lost half of my uh, Normandy crew. Oh my god. Like, what, where did I go wrong? I did every single side quest, yeah. and I just didn't understand uh, that's the reason you, that's you yeah that's there was a reason but i didn't know that <laughs> and then mass effect 3 is pretty bare bones on on most side content you do get the you big stupid jellyfish you line. big stupid uh, oh, that. You big stupid uh, yeah that was kasumi's mission you know you don't get a lot of things that really enrich the world things like mm -hmm. leviathan you don't get all of these other things that are kind of essential to the mass effect 3 playthrough most side content in mass effect 3 if you don't have the dlc are the repetitive missions where you go to a base you collect three items and you kill a bunch of server oh, yeah. scoons and the multiplayer maps yeah. too as well so it's like you know there wasn't right. really much thought into that other than copy paste right and then I got to the end of the game, and I did not have enough Save the Galaxy points. Because I had no interest in playing multiplayer, I didn't have the money to buy the DLC. And so, if you don't play one very specific playthrough, or buy the DLC, or play the multiplayer, you cannot have enough war assets to have a secure ending. And so I just had to go to the ending, and like, yes, the updated ending was free, and yes, it was much better than apparently what people got before. It was kind of bittersweet to yeah. open with this incredibly open-ended RPG and then watch it diminish 
its freedom every single step of the way. Now, jump five years ahead, or six years ahead, Mass Effect Legendary Edition comes out. I'm a different person, different state in my life, or different point in my life, and I really love most, or pretty much the entire trilogy now. Having all the DLC really helps. It does. Oh my God. It, was so, yeah, it was so good. It was so Absolutely. good. Yeah. The Arrival DLC. Right. Yeah. That, that was, oh that was so, that, that was such a good, like, the Mass Effect 2 DLC, at least the story ones, like, uh, mm-hmm. was o- Overlord or oh, Project Overlord? Project Overlord. That, Overlord. that yeah. fucked me up. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was it's, so it's good. Haunting. Was... It, yeah. If I didn't do like mostly a strictly Paragon option, I would have fucking shot that guy. Absolutely. Right there. That's yeah. the one that yeah. had experimented on his brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. His, yeah. Experimented on, on his autistic brother. It was, yeah. Yeah. Oh my right. god, that was messed up. The, the the brother's doing well. He went to the uh, the Christmas academy. academy. Yeah. I, I like the way you like interact with them and figure out it's him. He, he like he says the saying and you answer with. It's what, a square like, root of um. A pi or whatever. A pi, I think. Yeah. That, yeah. It was it was so Three, heartwarming. Three point so one nine. I can't. It's something like that. Yeah. But like the arrival. DLC is such a great cap to Mass Effect 2. It is. But it Mass Effect 3 is so after. jarring when you mm-hmm. open if you haven't played it because yeah. uh, you know you end Mass Effect 2 having killed the human form Reaper and then you open Mass Effect 3 you're on Earth you don't have the Normandy you're in a new costume <laughs> and everybody's like wow Shepard I can't believe you blew up half a solar system and I was like what? What did I do? What? <laughs> 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 When did I do that? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was playing a paragon. I didn't know that. Shepard, I can't believe the Batarians are going extinct because of what you did. <laughs> what? What? This is the best part. Vega shows up. He's like, "Yeah, man, it's me, Loco." I'm like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> All right, listen. Vega's great. But he he had no place being in the game. Oh, yeah. Like you can't it, you can't introduce a new character at and the, the final act in the final act of, of a series. Like you just can't. You unless it's someone like Javik. Unless it's someone like Javik who is pivotal. Right. But yeah. Vega right. just just yeah, oh no. I, I, I don't know I anyone who actually chose him after the Mars mission. I I. I yeah. No, no. I mean, I, I, I think he, he's he's a fun like character as he is, and he and he and Gordon like, Jr. is like a good voice actor. Oh, oh yeah, like, Freddie Prince Jr. His voice actor is great. Yeah, but, uh, Trainer and Cortez, I love them because, but mainly it's because they're not a full fledged party member. Yeah, it's because they're like you know on the side. Yeah. They're on yeah. the sides, and that's pretty much all Vega probably should have been as well. But because he's thrusted into the role as a party member, you don't have time to develop him. Like, he could have been literally anyone else. He could have been Rex or Grunt. Probably. Oh, pre- don't pre- say pre- that. Don't say pre- that. Because pre- <laughs> yeah. Rex is his own thing. Yeah. But, like, he could have, he could have, it been, could have been. It could have been. It made me so bitter when I was first playing Mass Effect 3 to have James Vega, who I had no idea who he was, and not mm-hmm. have my biological son grunt <laughs> on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they made a movie about Vega, too. Is it Paragon Lost? Have you, has anyone seen that? No, no but I've heard not. about it. No, I didn't even know that existed. So I didn't know that existed either. He basically... So that, that's the best thing about Vega's character is the choice he made because how it parallels to Shepard. Essentially, and I might get this wrong, but essentially he had to make a choice between choosing a human colony or the love of his life, who was Nasari. And he chose the Asari, but I think she died. 
And Shepard also killed all of the collectors anyway. So it's like, you know, his choice, whatever he did, you know, what he did, it was basically deemed screwed because because he sacrificed human colonies thinking that no one was doing anything about it. And then Shepard goes and destroys them all. But this human colony died. Yeah, it, it, it's a good relation to Shepard because of just how how bitter he should be about it. But uh, no, that, that was see, the best thing. They were trying to like do a parallel, almost yeah. like a parallel protege because, you know, he goes yeah. into the N7 program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. And, it, you I know, he worked to... To fight the and then he also has sex with Ashley. If you yeah. <laughs> did he? Oh well, he can in Citadel. I get the feeling that everyone is thinking towards one. Which Mass Effect is our favorite? Mine is three, actually. I would Ooh. say mine's three. Uh, it's either three or one. I'm like I said, like since I've just started the the series, but I'm still weirdly nostalgic towards one for some reason, just because of the way it is. Right. It's just so soothing and calming. It's just a fun game. Right. Hmm. I like them all. They're all great. I love them all. Uh, though I think three is my favorite and two is my second favorite, and then it's one. Right. I liked one a lot. I just think that a lot of the like the, the side quests, the missions were a bit repetitive, I guess, mm. and a lot of the areas, especially if you, if you go around in the Mako, on all the planets, I thought the, the planets were just a bit empty, yeah. and there was not much to do there. Uh, so I kind of gave up on all the collect the, the yeah, items yeah. and the artifact yeah. quests. Uh, and I just thought that the side quests were more fun in 2 and 3. And that's kind of the only reason I enjoyed the, the other two more. And then 3, I had a hard time picking between 2 and 3, because I love them both. But I think 3 is just the story, and, and <laughs> despite what a lot of people think, the ending... It's I, not that bad. It's, it's not, not that bad. Because I was prepared for like a terrible ending because yeah. I heard so many stories. Well, about you are playing. You are playing the post yeah. DLC yes. ending. That's true. Yeah. I heard it was worse before when it was right. right. Well, it, it just, just before it just there just wasn't there just wasn't any closure to it. You didn't see your characters. You know, like at least with the ending DLC, yeah. there is more closure. There's more screenshots. There's more slide. Sorry, the little slideshow right. thing where like, you get yeah. to the romance and they're they're doing mm-hmm. good now without you. <laughs> My opinion is limited to the, the legendary edition so that my, yeah, my opinion yeah. is yeah, same, same, with, me, same yeah. with me Lisa okay. and I have the full experience to go off of you guys experience it very differently Yeah, but even then it was like... fine in my opinion it, it was fine like, I know everyone's like, oh, no, no. it was fine it, it was like okay alright it's about the journey for me not the ending and the journey was amazing for some reason the, the part of the like the, the part of the journey in, in 3 I just enjoyed yeah. a bit more than 2 I just yeah. like big climactic endings it's like why like you know Endgame is probably oh, one yeah. of my favorite Marvel movies because it's just like and here's everyone yeah yeah, yeah it is and it's... I just I, I I'm a sucker for that kind of like you know like uh, Return of the King type like big old battles with everyone you've made Doctor friends Who with throughout. Journey's yeah. End mm-hmm. never seen Doctor Who oh. <laughs> but Journey's it's just end. like I, I, I just I I like that stuff. It's it, yeah, I, me too. I, I like like the the final part of like right before the final push in Mass Effect Three, where you go and just talk to your your oh, team. Yeah. You both. Yeah. Like I really like the conversation with like Liara if you romance her, and especially like with Garrus because like Garrus is like I don't know if there's a bar in your heaven, but I'll be oh don't oh don't don't it's so good it's so it good Gar- it is it's, oh. it's like you you've been with these characters for the entire series and they're like we're probably gonna die here but we're gonna I go know. out we're gonna go uh, out I have to say 
if you haven't had any of the the if you haven't had any downtime in the game, if you mm-hmm. haven't had any side contact content, it feels so bitter yeah. to to just like you know you played two games, getting to know these characters, and then you're walking through the ends or like the end game, walking to your death. And then everybody's like, well, buddy, I'll see you in hell. And, like, <laughs> the game's ending. I Hope you had a good time. Yeah. 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 I am, I'm lucky I, I always want to do all of the side quests, because that's the, the, the kind of... Mm-hmm. The best thing <laughs> is, is playing it after DLC, because then you have Citadel to I just... Absolutely. I, yeah. I, at least I, it is that. Good. Yeah. I did send it all right before um, I oh, no, attacked yeah. the, ser- the server's yeah. base. That's the right way to do it. That is. That is. I, it was one us. last party before uh, everything's going to hell. Citadel was mm-hmm. the best piece of Bioware content that's ever been made. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I it's agree. Although it's I would say, I think I, Trespasser is still my number one. <laughs> I just... I guess I like those campy like here's I like the, the good, yeah exactly the, camp, yeah. the campiness is so good like my favorite part is um the library mission where you get stuck in the cube and, um, <laughs> like, and like close man first of all spoilers for Mass Effect the entire series if that wasn't obvious enough you know but because uh, a lot of people played the Citadel DLC and like you know Clone Shepard he like says I've got to go now or whatever the line is and then like I had I had with me Garrison yes, I have to go yeah I had with me Garrison and Shepard's like, do I really sound like that? And yeah, like, no, I remember that. No, no, you, you sound cooler. I promise. And Tally's like, guys, guys, we're free, guys, we're gonna, we're gonna lose oxygen. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then Shepard and Shepard and are just like still having this casual conversation, but like, I yeah. gotta go. Yep. And, and, and I go. And like, why are you guys freaking out? And Shepard's like, oh, uh, hey, Glyph, can you open these doors? Yeah, that was. Great. I had uh, Garrus and Tally had, with me as well. <laughs> yeah, I had that exact same party composition. Wow, it's, I did not. Uh, <laughs> who would you bring for um, the assault on the Normandy? Liara and Tali, mm, I which brought, was my um, two Mass Effect 1 team. I brought Rex and Edie, because Edie has a funny little thing in the beginning where, like, she, the Normandy's being hacked, so she, like, free spazzes out, and, like, her eyes are fucked up. Oh, yeah. And then you see your space I... hamster as well, and it's like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. They did this? To him? Oh, something like that. It's, it's, oh. Too far. Yeah, too far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who did I bring? I think I brought Garrus and Edie. All I know is that for the final assault, I had to go with Garrus and Liara, my Mass Effect 1 crew. And mm-hmm. the, like, yeah. saying goodbye to your loved one at the end when you go on ahead because no. they get injured. Oh, yeah. I know. Liara's is kind of awkward, but probably the one that hits the hardest is tallies you're gonna you're, it's gonna fuck you up um so like you know shepherd's like you need to get out of here uh and something like that and then he like goes up to tally and says like go build yourself that home and then uh, tally's like and, okay and, yes and, i remember and, that and, yes and then tally responds i have a home uh. <laughs> oh my god no and they go away and it's the it's the, it's the saddest fucking thing. it's only okay, of course if you, if you romance but it's so heartbreaking and i think like liara is just like shepherd i'm yours Cool, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Yara. I think Garrus, if I remember correctly, he says, like, I will always love you or something. Mm-hmm. I just think Liara, like, I, not, I think um, Tally's just, like, hits the hardest for me. Yeah. Because it, it's, uh, like, you know, that cheeky little throwback to earlier in the game. I, I did a Liara romance, so I, I didn't yeah. get to experience that. I just looked it up online, and yeah, I was I see, like, yeah. oh! Oh, God! <laughs> that hurts the most. Chris, ah, which, okay. which is your favorite? 
Oh my gosh, that's so it's so difficult because I like all three for completely different reasons. Yeah. Marshall, you said you're a big sucker for endings. I'm a big sucker for second acts. The Two Towers is my favorite. Battle you hate of Helms Effect 2. Is, two Towers is my favorite. Too. Well, like I don't actually hate Mass Effect 2. That's what's like Oh, here we go. about Mass <laughs> Effect 2. But I'm I'm frustrated because I see a game that I could love but don't. Each of the three games I have like I like this a lot, but that's pretty much how you describe my relationship with the franchise. Mass Effect. Yeah. I like this a lot, but if I had to pick, I would probably say one, then I would say three, then I would say two. But that's post hoc. That's with Legendary Edition. That's with all the DLC added. Like that's, yeah. that's like no, you know, yeah. hindsight and like you know retrospective. Right, right. With everything, then I would say one, three, two. Yeah. First playthrough, I would say one, two, three. It's so hard though. I think I just I'm a real sucker for that RPG freedom. Mass Effect 1 has the most of that, and Mass Effect 3, in its legendary edition state, has a lot more of that. It's so difficult because they're all, like, such high-quality games. Like, they're yeah. all yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah. all and, like, awesome. I, can, I, can, I can nitpick things I didn't like. Like, Mass Effect 2 is probably my least favorite of the three, and it's mainly just because I felt overwhelmed by all the, like, companions and characters yeah. to where I... Because there are two. There are a lot there of things. I didn't get to Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2's first, like, four hours railroads you so hard it, yeah it, it does, does. And it does. I, i'm gonna keep it a buck i don't care about zaid i don't care about <laughs> like like jacob i don't care I, about yeah kasumi's okay she's the okay best well player. yeah i was gonna stop you kasumi i would stop i love i love kasumi's actually interesting kasumi's interesting kasumi's interesting in theory i also I'm, I'm a sucker for a good heist you know <laughs> yeah exactly oh, true yeah but the thing Sumi and the DLC characters into is that it's when they're in the Normandy, you can't really speak to them. You can talk to them mm -hmm. and they say yeah. you, you can't have conversations <laughs> yeah. with them and that's kind of yeah, they, they feel so like they. I feel they feel more integrated than someone like Sebastian. 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 Yeah. How could you forget it, Sebastian? Because I didn't have him in my oh. playthrough. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, buddy. Me too. Oh no. I, yeah, I, I just wish you could have a conversation with them like you you can with the other companions. Yeah, or at least investigate to learn more about them. Yeah, I feel like they did more. They, they did it more justice in like. Mass Effect 3, where they each oh. had their own, except for um, it, J Jacob, the worst of them, who will literally <laughs> cheat on you if you if you have romance with him, which is extremely shitty. By the way, Shepard, I have a girlfriend now, and, and she's pregnant. <laughs> and we're not I feel bad for all. I feel bad for all five Jacob romances out there. <laughs> who me. would, when presented with Jacob versus Garrus, go with Jacob? Why would you not, please? Please with speak the in sexy the comments. alien man. Please speak in the comment down below if you are one of those people. Please, I need, I want to sexy know. Sexy alien man, come on, well, come on, he's right there. Have you heard his voice? Look at the cricket man. Look everyone that, everyone else can come to the Garrus vigil. But for for me, it's always been two. It was two, three, then one for a long, long time, and that's because because two was the first Mass Effect I played. Therefore, you know, I didn't get the RPG aspect of one because I played one second. Right. So two, it was just right. these characters 
just the story. It it was just again I hadn't hadn't gone into the the matured into the Apogee Lover. I was just loving the the third person shooting of it and, and the aspects of that. But in high, now that I have played Legendary Edition and I have matured in my opinions, I would say one is my favorite. Uh, for, for, for similar to Chris, just because of the Apogee elements, the fact that you can change your armor with different patterns, different colors, the brands of it, mm-hmm. you can change a companion's armor like that. Where did that go? Yeah, it's cool that yeah. in two and three that they have the unique ones. But I love being able to change their armor and spec into that. It's you know? not armor it, it like in two and three it's just it's skins or cosmetics and yeah and they, they made it pay to win yeah. though because you have to buy cosmetic I mean, packs that's, for the characters there, there was there was a point where like you could tell that's what bioware was doing because that's what happened in like and, dragon age 2 yeah but yeah. then like they brought it back in inquisition so you know yeah. you can yeah, so like, soulless for yeah. the <laughs> but i love that in one and the and just it just had a different feel to it that i 100 appreciate now legendary edition with I, better combat yeah. and i love that you know mm-hmm. just and the concise story the the foreshadowing mm-hmm. i love foreshadowing in stories when it's when it's just and you get you know you get all of it mass Effect one is about saren and then the extension of the reapers and obviously it, it just plays out so well and i love that i absolutely do. just just yeah mm-hmm. and so and so now i would say it's one two three because i still have that love for two i love the characters two introduce my favorite characters which are morden and thane you know yeah i yeah. love them so much i i cannot just get enough of modern i'd say modern mods most on fair but they're equal like, like, like it just yeah I, I love my religious assassin boy and then my they obnoxious and then my obnoxious know, scientist yeah he did for a moment about kai lang yes you um, can yeah, oh, can okay. we please can we please okay. <laughs> about so Lang. so another reason that i never played mass effect 3 again after the first time until playing legendary <laughs> edition was because of kai lang yeah. like i was going the entire time okay space opera sci-fi with a bunch of rpg elements and you know there's this like fantastical cosmic horror element from the reapers you know they're this infinite unending enemy yeah. that has been around for millennia blah 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 <laughs> Yeah, and then and then we get and then a fucking <laughs> cyborg ninja drops in <laughs> and he kills my assassin. He kills my friend, and I'm like, what? Hey, and then he's voiced by Troy Baker. I'm sure he was what trying his best, Chris. I'm sure he was trying his best. And then I was thinking, like, okay. Well, they're going to bring it home. He's related to Kasumi, right? Like, the other kind of ninja character? You know, the other person who's all about stealth and assassination. And, you know, she went the thief route, and he went the murder route. And then, no, he doesn't get any backstory. And then I've looked into it since... And even in, like, the books, he is deliberately left. He is in books, and he does not get a backstory. Seriously? He's in books? Oh. Yes, yes. What the hell? Okay, if you could, if you could like, replace Kai Lang with a different character to fit better, who would you do it with? I like the uh, idea of, like, how, you know, like, Legion and Jack could have been Cerberus operatives if you, like, fucked up their character quest. Yeah, I did that with Legion by accident, my oh. first player for it, because I didn't know any better. And it was like, oh, okay, I'll do Cerberus then. If... I could pick any option. I would do a completely cybernetic reconstruction of Saren. Oh, like uh, we know that the elusive man was already focusing on AI. So he had EUD, and then he had at the beginning of Mass Effect Three, it was Eva, I think. Yeah, Eva. The, the body that Eva You can't tell me that he put the entirety of the AI in that body. That AI never comes back. He didn't put that bitch in the cloud or anything like that. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, they do they do clarify later on that Edie had made it into their files, so maybe he did put Eva into the him. cloud. Oh my god. 
Yeah, and that's how, uh, and that's why Edie uploaded many, many, what was it, like, tetrabytes of uh, interspecies porn into Cerberus files, (laughs) something obscene like that. But yeah, I really would have loved to just bring home the AI research all the way and just it's Saren from Mass Effect 1 and now he's got all of the agency stripped away you know your last act in Mass Effect 1 can be bringing him I was saying we we did have Saren in Mass Effect 3 it was the elusive man (laughs) unfortunately unfortunately you can just Saren you can Saren him at the end I wish they did what they were going to do in the concept that, well, it was an, an idea, but him turning into, and it sounds buff, buffoonish, but him turning into a Reaper and having it as a boss. I would have preferred that, honestly, to the, the confrontation we did have, but, yeah, I mean... I feel like it was probably just a limitation of dev, yeah, of dev time. It definitely was, yeah, because, I mean, yeah. To say, though, I was really nervous when I was playing the uh, the, the Mass Effect 3 ending, when you speak with the elusive, and I was like, okay, oh, yeah. I have to pick all the right options, I don't want to fuck this up. I just, I just go, Paragon option, Paragon option, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paragon, Paragon option. option. <laughs> oh, he's gonna serum, he's gonna serum, serum himself. While I was, for like 99% of my playthrough of Paragon, there were two instances where I chose the Renegade option, and there are my Breaking two... Oh, that is my favorite part of, like, Almost the entire trilogy is breaking Kai Lang's sword and just yes. fucking stabbing. That was for fame. Oh my god! The so therapeutic. Part, the other part was shooting Udina. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fuck, fuck Udina. I did uh, that as well. I like. I wasn't gonna give Caden the chance. I wanted to do that. <laughs> I've been wanting to shoot this fucker for three games. <laughs> like as soon as I saw the Renegade option, like uh, most of the times I would I would hesitate. There was no hesitation. The one other time that I really like a Renegade option is like I think it's either in two or three. I think it's in two. Where like it's during Morden's personal quest. There's that leader of the um like a separate clan leader. All the blood pack. All the all the yeah the, yeah. Yeah, the Krogan. Yeah. The Krogan, and he's like monologuing about how he's gonna like bring the Krogan to like, the new age. And, and yeah, you, like, yeah, yeah. you see the Renegade option, you shoot this like gas pipe, he's like, you missed. He's like, you talk too much, and he yeah. shoots, like, <laughs> shoots again and it blows up. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. It's I, so good. I love the one on Fane's interrogation mission for his loyalty when you're getting information out of that uh, <laughs> dude. Initially, yeah. you just yeah. continually beat him up, and you're like, if you don't talk, I will. Uh, I think it's I'll cut your balls off and slam to a Krogan and it's like oh, oh, oh it's mm-hmm. it's so good yeah that's the thing about Renegade like it's it's too funny not to do it I, I am normally Paragon but Renegade is so funny honestly I think I don't, I don't think Kyling's sword should have been in like a Renegade or Paragon option I think that's just oh, yeah. press the button it, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it should it should have you been you know you want to do it like it doesn't matter if you're Paragon or Renegade you want to do that what even happens like, if you don't do it I think like someone one your te- I, I think one of your teammates yeah. shoots him instead, which is like oh, nah, that's not on. it's not it's not as cool. Like yeah, good uh, job, Garrus, but there, yeah, there's a few <laughs> instances where that happens that if you don't act, someone else will do it, right? Yeah, yeah. if you don't, if you don't Udina. shoot Udina, yeah, I. Caden or Ashley does it, yeah, yeah. Or you'll also kill Ashley too, or, or Caden. If in that scene, if you didn't get Ashley or Caden's ulti up, they will also die. See, I, I do like that about Mass Effect, that the stakes are actually very high. Your companions oh, yeah. can and will die mm-hmm. if you make mistakes, and that's, that's another mm-hmm. thing I like about Mass like, Effect. Unlike Dragon Age, where you I just know, have I to wanna... choose if they die or not. Honestly, yeah, I know. <laughs> the, the fade option still messes me up, because it's Hawk and Alistair for me. Yeah, but, same, it's, it's, but it's so, it's so binary. It's yeah, so like, that's, that's true, that's true. It's like, choose, instead of but like, they did you did this... Them. And it, it, like, the thing is, like, yeah. they never take it out of your hands in Dragon Age. 
Yeah. They never take it out of your hands. It's always in your hands for decisions. I... In Mass Effect, they leave it in your hands for a bit up until a certain point where they take it from you and yeah. then they do it. The consequences of your actions are delayed in Mass Effect and that's why I like you don't really have will... that in uh, in Dragon Age. Can I can I also bring in just I'm sorry this is this is something we left behind a minute ago but on no, the go, get options mm -hmm. end of the D uh, Citadel DLC there is the the I forget her name uh, the woman who was pretending to be an alliance officer yeah, the entire time yeah, and yeah. she yeah. was working with Fake Shep. Mm -hmm. If you want to yeah. or Brooke, if you hit Brooke. Renegade when she's doing her final talk, the entire crew of the Normandy will just unload every single weapon they have <laughs> on her. <laughs> <laughs> Shepard probably had to go to therapy watching himself commit suicide. <laughs> The Zilla DLC was so good because I finally got a taste of my own medicine with how fucking broken Vanguard is. Oh. Like, Vanguard, Vanguard clone ship is like probably the hardest fight in the entirety. Of I can imagine. It's absolutely bonkers. Oh my I gosh. love the blast. I love the blaster scene with Javik where you go in. Oh and my blast. gosh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, listen, because like earlier in the game, I I sat down at that billboard and listened to the, the entirety of Blasto Six or whatever it was. <laughs> And then we were on the movie set. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we're on the movie. We're, we're filming. Um, we're filming the movie. That's great. And then a fucking hand arches. I'm like, is that Blasto? It's the Blastos. And I fanboy because oh. I've just gotten back from enkindling many women. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Th this oh, is. Was... I think this is the time where we have to ask. Who did everyone romance? Yaris. Liara. Liara. Ah, uh, damn. Okay. That's Tally, a, so yeah. if I did it again, I might try Tally's romance because I do love Tally a lot. But like, it's, it, it's weird. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say because like Tally feels, especially in Mass Effect One, very young, and yeah. Shepard feels yeah. like he's in like his mid thirties. Like so, Tally feel like Tally feels like she's like eighteen or nineteen. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, oh yeah, very young. Yeah. So it, I, that dynamic is a little weird for me. Liara's a little bit more of an adult, more mature. Right. Even, Liara's way older than you. Yeah, yeah, but even like you know, mentally, emotionally, like, emotionally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like so, it, it felt weird. It's, even it's, though I, I love Tally. It's, as a kid. It's, I fucking yeah. love Tally. I don't <laughs> like Tally. I also really love Tally. She's a good Patrick Weeks character, but I just don't get her. I just don't click with her. That's it. That's it. It's nothing really? against her. Oh. Just don't click. Just don't click. I think she's fine. I don't see the I'm hype for her. No, just kidding. <laughs> that's fair. I, that's fair, yeah. I personally really love Tali. I yeah. think she's so, she's so cute. She's very adorable, and I love... Tali was really what got me into, like, the sci-fi idea of different cultures versus yeah. the fantasy oh, idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know the introduction of the uh, the quarians and the mm -hmm. oh they used to or they used to be a component of their own ecosystem and they used to be what um things that pollen or they used to be part of the pollination system and they can't survive properly in the regular environment and blah 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 you know it was so cool and then Absolutely. to have Tali who was so like young and I felt like I could really influence her and like I was you know changing this young person's mind and helping them grow and be the best person they could be. So then when Mass Effect 2 came around and she was like, so Shepard, <laughs> I may have had a crush on you from the moment that I was first rescued by you as a dashing man saving me from being kidnapped. And I was like, Ugh, please, please, no, please. <laughs> as the Shadow Broker, she'll find out. <laughs> I still love that Liara finds Ali Pichi on here because she's the fucking chef. Oh, Liara's yeah. so overpowered, guys. She is. Just I love Liara so much. She's so great. I love her like so, so much. I, 
I liked her hit in one, but I I preferred her in two and three. I, I think in oh, one yeah. she was alright, but I think she's definitely better in two and three. I do have mm-hmm. to say, like the fucking part in Mass Effect, how she's introduced by sneaking through the fucking air vents like a xenomorph. But <laughs> 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 like, oh, yep, there's Liara. There she is. I I went through a journey because I used to love Miranda Lawson, but I replayed mm-hmm. again. And I went, you know what, I'm going to do Femship, Liara Romance. And I absolutely loved her. Oh. I, I used to not like Liara because she just got on my nerves a bit too much. She was always like, Shepard, Shepard, Shepard. I'm like, no, Liara. She comes on to no. you really hard. She oh, does. And, I was, she's and that's something that's annoying. That is true. Like, when I was she playing, does. But, but yeah. then, you know, I was like, all right, you know what, I'm going to go for it this time. And I'll, I'll, I'll just give in. And I loved her. I loved everything about her. She's very overpowered. But because she is everywhere and in every aspect you know she's in Master one throughout and then in two she's in the shadow she's actually a pivotal character and then in the dlc and then back in three she feels like a really good romance because she's always there and that growth and development of a romance is amazing i i love every minute of it i, I really do it's just you know I, it's because she's more present so obviously she's you're gonna get more of her and you're gonna get more of that development but i love that i really do and it's not like she's forced into a scene it's her agency itself is really good and how she fits into those roles of going from this kind of naive archaeologist to now the shadow broker and I, I like that a lot. I really do. Uh, so I love she, it now. She's my favorite. She really is. She- Shepard, the only way for us to figure out the secrets is for us to have sex. <laughs> when uh, when I played through Mass Effect for the first time, obviously I didn't know how short the game was going to be. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So like when it's already like I got Liara and then did like another mission, Liara's like, I like you. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, she says that really quickly. Slow down. <laughs> Please. This is coming a little fast. But also, cute blue alien girl. <laughs> yeah. A few years ago, it used to be a regular routine for me. Whenever I would go to the gym, I would listen to Katie and Jordan's podcast. Oh, yeah. And they had, a, they had a series of episodes on Mass Effect retrospective. And something they said that really stuck out to me was, Liara is the closest thing to a soulmate that Shepard has. And that, like, really resonated with me. Because, like, every action that Liara has perfectly coordinates with Shepard in some way. It does. And it is really, really, really cool in its own unique way. That's romantic, isn't it? Like you know, in the comic, she found she was the one that found Shepard's body, lover or friend, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, she deep down yeah. has this connection with Shepard ever since. And regardless if it's reciprocated or not, she's she's she deeply cares about Shepard, and, and and that yeah, it is like a soulmate connection, really, isn't it? Regardless if you have and it or not. And at the end of the day, you two are the ones who have the biggest effect on the galaxy. At the end, uh, you're the power couple. Right. <laughs> Post Reaper, she is, if you hit destroy or anything like it, or if the Reapers win, she's the reason that people in the future succeed. And she's going to yeah, be she... in the next game. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Who's ready for Milf Liara? <laughs> <laughs> I am. So, my... Milf effect. <laughs> my thing with the the romance we talked about jacob cheating on shepherd earlier it's kind oh of funny God. because i started out romancing caden in one and then i was like ah, i don't know about this and then in two uh when he discovers that you're working with cerberus he gets angry at you and i took that as a breakup yeah. so right. i was like well shepherd's been dead for what was it two years yeah and I was just, I mean, he probably moved on, especially after the fight they had on, um, was it Horizon? Yeah. I was like, well, this is a breakup. So I moved on to Garrus and I started romancing Garrus and then everything was fine. But then in Mass Effect 3, when you <laughs> meet up with Gaiden, he's like, Shepard, I understand why you cheated. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't I... cheat, what? <laughs> 
I have a friend who recently played through Mass Effect for the first time, and she she hates Caden with a burning passion because she didn't ask to romance Caden, but Caden romanced her, and she yeah. felt very violated by that. So she despises Caden right. with like a burning passion. Wait, how did that happen? If you, or it's super easy to accidentally romance people in Mass Effect One. Like if you're just nice to people, they'll be like, "So Shepard, you doing anything later?" And you, and you can't say no. It just goes to the sex scene. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's not like in further, like, Bioware games where you can opt out, like, at, like, a very clearly opt out at the final bit. Um, like, mm -hmm. it just, it just happens. I had the feeling with Jacob as well that no matter what option I picked, my shepherd was always flirting with him. And I don't know, just the way she talked to him, it was like... Well, yeah, it's, I don't know, she felt very flirty and it was weird. I was like, wait, I, I don't I don't want to flirt. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just trying to talk to you. Nice. Yeah, I'm just trying to be nice. Your friend's on, but... <laughs> Shout out to Inquisition for specifically labeling the flirt option. Yes. Yeah. yeah. God said. So helpful. Specifically, Marshall and Jack, who played the Liara romance, how do you feel yeah. about Mass Effect 2, where you get to the end of the game, you're going in for the suicide mission, and that's where you know that the sex scene would be, and instead, uh, <laughs> Shepard just, like, kind of sits there on the bed and is... It looks like, like a picture of Liara. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. the defense. <laughs> I, I'm very upset because um, I played, like, close to when the game came out. You can rekindle the Uranus Lihara. Yeah. Mm -hmm. at the end of yeah. But because of a like a bug in the in the in the legendary don't edition, it doesn't it. Yeah. you don't get the the par the paramour uh two achievement. achievement. Yeah, you don't. So I I didn't get the achievement for romancing someone through all three games because it didn't. I think they register. fixed it now. I think they, they did, but that was after I yeah. finished uh, the same, <laughs> I don't know. Same. I I played it post patch and it's still, oh, it's uh, still giving me that same bug. Uh, yeah. that's, that sucks. But yeah, it, it was sad. But like you know, she's out there. But being Fearful to my girl is better than, you know, cheating on her with Miranda. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You gotta stay faithful to your RPG women. Shout out to all my Unifer fans out there. <laughs> I am oh a fan too. Oh. I'm here fan. <laughs> I, want to, I want to throw out there also uh, my first time playing Mass Effect 2. I was just like being nice to Jack. Uh, and like, <laughs> then she was like, er, and then I was talking to Morden later on, like after mission, and he was like, oh, I need to tell you something. If you intend to romance, and Jack, I recommend you test yourself for venereal diseases. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Morden. It's great. I think I think the same Come thing on, happened man. to me. I think the same thing happened to me. Yeah. He said something about Miranda to me, but I can't remember what it was. But it was like, if you're thinking about, it, and I'm like, Morden, think... how do you know? <laughs> I think he says that about every romance because yeah. I remember him having yeah. a comment about Shepard and Garrus as well. Oh, I love um, Morden. I love it. What I wanted to mention about the Garrus romance is what I like about it is that you start out as friends. Like, you can't romance him in one. Yeah. And I like the fact that Shepard and him are friends first and then it turns into something more. That's what yeah, I really appreciate it because nice I like it. Yeah, I like yeah, it when relationships grow. Rather, <laughs> I just don't like it if, if you can jump into the romance aspect of the relationship immediately. Yeah. I like it when it's. I kind of get that. Yeah. yeah, me too. I get that. The friendship of it first, you know, as opposed to just, hey, let's bang. It's it's nice to have that yeah. growth and, and, and or friendship. You could say, well, bang, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I like that too. I like that with the friendships as well. Like, it makes sense to me that someone's not going to be completely open to you right away, like the first day you met them. I like the way, I like it where the players like. Unless they're Liara. I guess unless they're <laughs> Liara, yeah, yeah. 
No, I like the Bioware create those different characters where you do have, and this is Dragon Age, but you know, you've got Iron Bull, who, yep, that's bang, compared to Joseph yeah. where it's like, actually, this is more of a platonic relationship where, it, you know, there is romance involved, but actually, it, you know, you can actually headcanon it as it, it really just being lovely. Yeah, you, it's well, hugs, right, Dovey. Yeah. It's fine to that. have characters like Iron Bull. It's, oh, yeah, it's, it's great. great. It caters it to everyone, really, isn't it, though? Yeah. Right. Need the variety. Yeah, it is. It's the spice of life. It, it is, it is. And, and, you know, like, I am the kind of person who would rather romance someone who, who, you know, I don't care about the actual romance part of it. I like the friendship and the cuteness and the cheesy shit in it, you know? The, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I like the Arrow's romance, because, yes, it's got that romantic side to it, but I love just the chemistry between them. And while it can be a bit cringy, no matter what, one, the dialogue, it's, you know, it's a little bit cringe. I like the development of it. I really do. A little bit. Yeah, I know. I'm putting it nicely. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just like the, uh, the, the cute scenes that they have and, like, the deep conversations that the characters have and absolutely when you see them like when you see their relationship grow it's great uh though i have to say well i'm a sucker for happy endings i i do love the solos romance in dragon age inquisition <laughs> i i do like it when there's some sort of oh, uh, drama tragedy what? god you're a masochist <laughs> yeah yeah god, you're a masochist <laughs> okay <laughs> no i i also i agree to that too i love a bit of tragedy i Hope hate it more. and i love it <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Thrive in it, hate it, but thrive in it. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad because, like, for many reasons, like, because we're looking at towards, like, Mass Effect 4, and, or whatever it's going to be called, and it's clearly going to be some sort of continuation with this story, with, like, or, like, an expansion of the trilogy. And Liara looks like, she looks old. Yeah, so <laughs> I am sad. Which means so, the because... only characters left alive are going to be, like, Liara and Grunt. Yes. Yeah. So, can I... Yep. Can I... Oh, no. uh, well, at, and Rex, can I throw out, I guess I would prefer to start with Andromeda because Lisa, uh, Marshall, have either of you played Andromeda? Not at no, all. I oh, okay, interesting. Okay, would you mind if I threw out a kind of big spoiler? No, no, I, I want to play it at some point, but I don't mind spoilers. You go for it, I don't care. Yeah, yeah me neither. So, an essential part of Mass Effect Andromeda is the fact that the Andromeda Initiative left about six months before Mass Effect 3 starts, so about the time Mass Effect 2 ends, and installed on every single ship, on every single arc, is quantum entanglement communication. The same thing that Edie uses, the same thing that the Elusive Man uses. The, the hologram shit, yeah. Yeah, it's like super right. advanced. Yeah. Okay. So the difference between QEC and the standard buoy communication is like, buoy communication works at light speed, so there's a delay in conversation. You have to be relatively near somebody. It's a delay if... at light speed. <laughs> right, it's a light speed delay. But like, at the end of a, so- or, you know, like, the yeah, distance yeah, between know, Earth and the sun, it... eight minutes. But like, when you're having talks with Admiral Hackett, I guess somehow you're like, or in Mass Effect 1, I guess you're like somehow just chatting with him at faster than light speeds or whatever. In Mass Effect 2 and 3, they specifically introduced the idea that you can transmit data across the entire galaxy instantaneously with QEs because you, you know, you entangle two particles, they're basically permanently connected. So you move one, the other one moves on the other side of the galaxy forever. And there is no known limit to the distance. And so what it seems like is the Andromeda Initiative was partially funded by the Elusive Man. Mm. What's more, the leader of the Andromeda Initiative dies, is assassinated four months before, yeah, mysteriously assassinated oh. four months before you arrive in the Andromeda sus. Galaxy. And every single arc ship is equipped with an AI that has access to your biology. 
so throughout Andromeda, you have the or there are all these people called Pathfinders, and every single Pathfinder, which are the trusted people by the Andromeda to carve a path through the galaxy, the new Andromeda galaxy, and find a home, are all shady as hell. <laughs> every single one of them is so shady. They are former murderers, assassins, liars. They are willing to give up everybody else in the Ark to save their own skin. And you can choose at every point, do I want to save them, do I want them to die? But it really seems like Cerberus is planning on having direct communication between the two galaxies. That's the setup for Mass Effect 4. Whoever is in charge of Cerberus now, 600 years later... If they're even still six, around, I mean, their two highest operatives are fucking murked at the end of Mass Effect 3. Well, li listen, all I'm saying is Joker was joking around in the Citadel DLC that he wants to be in charge of Cerberus and that he would make it the most publicly loved company in the galaxy. God, Joker and Edie in charge of Cerberus. I would love to see that. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a shame yeah. Edie's dead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's well, hard to I reckon mean, that like, one. Again, you could store her I mean, on the cloud. I swear that you can store her on the cloud. It's fine. A cool idea might be uh, to have uh, Joker spend his last days uh, learning how the program works. And, and remake. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, synthesizing, oh. synthesizing his own new AI based off of Edie's clone, or based off of Edie's AI, and then it would be their child. Oh, and oh, that okay. AI companion like, uh... companies Liara wherever she goes. That is so... That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. By, yeah. by the way, hire this man. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great idea, and it's so heart-wrenching. Talk about Mass Effect next. Like, it looks like the Destroy ending is canon. It does, yeah. The fact that there, there are creepers who have yeah. frozen over. Mm -hmm. Right. Some and because... people suspect that it's the Control ending, based on the fact there's one floating Reaper in the background in one. Is it floating, uh, or is it just standing upright, frozen in place? We like, can't really tell. Yeah, exactly. It's intentionally ambiguous. Yeah, I think it's I think it's intentionally ambiguous because like, are they gonna let you choose your choices? The ending. So that, that's yeah. really that. I don't I know how they would do that because that that's so that's gonna drastically affect that like, would, literally that would everything. be too much. Yeah, that would be too much. That's not like choosing who's divine in Dragon Age. You have to change a model. This is changing the entire right. universe. And like, like oh, right. for example, <laughs> synthesize everyone would be. Like a, an AI, right. every human would be an I, AI, so it's like I well, hate, mixed. I hate the synthesize ending. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I most Paragon, most Paragon players always do synthesis first, and then they exactly watch it, it, and they're like, "Never mind, I'm gonna choose destroy." <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I did. I was, I was forcing, the, I was forcing this on like literally everyone in the galaxy, and I was like, "I don't like yeah. this." What about Andromeda? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm kind of curious to hear what you got or what you guys have heard about it. Just like from the yeah, outside. me too. Yeah, me I too. I heard best gameplay, yeah. but it's not Ma the Mass Effect trilogy. It's not like story wise and even somewhat character wise. It's not like don't go in expecting like a Mass Effect trilogy quality experience because yeah. it's not going to be yeah. that. And that's what I've expected. I've also heard stay the fuck away from Mass Effect and drama. <laughs> I've heard all kinds of things. Yeah, I've heard especially about the characters. The characters are very um, everyone's super happy and we're gonna be friends and it's gonna be great. That's what I've heard. I don't know if that's true. Okay. I've heard it's very the tone of the game is very lighthearted versus the 
the trilogy. It sort of is. It's got this dark undertone to it, which is the whole mystery about the arcs and uh, right. the path, which I like a lot. I love dark undertones right. and stuff. But, uh, you know, the dialogue, it's because Ryder's a young hero, so he's all chipper and young. And, right. Yeah, I'm ready to, okay. you know, eat breakfast and tackle my oh. day with coffee and, you know. Ryder, Ryder <laughs> is so goofy. So in Andromeda, the enemy is called the Ket. They're what seems to be a bunch of religious zealots that uh, take you and overwrite your DNA to oh. transform you into one of them. Yikes. But they're sort of collectory. When you take one of their bases, you can talk with one of their leaders for the first time. And he's talking all kinds of shit to you. And you can respond. <laughs> and my favorite response is, you've never faced anybody like me. And I am gonna fuck your shit up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. And like, oh Ryder's so goofy the entire game. There are so many moments where you can just drop <laughs> tactical F-bombs. There was one, I can't remember it, but it was when you were fighting one of them and it was, oh, I can't remember what you said, but you basically shoot them and then say it's, it's something's again goofy, but yeah, it, it happens add more, a lot. Add more, add more fuck drops in your games. I mean, you already got that one. You got the one in Inquisition, which I really like. Oh, <laughs> uh, Andromeda has plenty and they're oh, all really good use. Good, they're good. all really well implemented. I would I would say instead of focusing on the negative, the best things about that are when you hear Liara's voice in an email. <laughs> oh my god, my heart! Yeah, you're like oh Mass Effect, and then and then she stops talking like and now I'm back to this game. And then the god. arcs, the and arcs are really good. And when she comes back later in the game, when you hear her one last time, oh, in the quantum communications, do they find out that the Reapers aren't actually like taken over? Like, do they find uh, out? So, how much do you want me to spoil? I just want to know, like, they're going to another fucking galaxy. I imagine they're gone for quite some time. So, it's 600 years between Mass oh. Effect, the original Mass Effect trilogy and Mass Effect Andromeda, because you can't do a... Faster uh, than light? Called? Yeah. Well, or, you can uh, do faster than light travel, like, using just Element Zero, but you can't jump using um, relays. Because relay, there's no relays in Andromeda, right. yeah. Right, so you would have to create one in Andromeda in order to do it. Uh, oh, is that the main you, point of Andromeda, to make a mass relay? I wish it was. That's not... <laughs> But that might be Cerberus' secret plan. That might have been what the setup for Mass Effect Andromeda 2 was going to be. But we'll never know now. So it's 600 years later, and your dad was sus as hell. He was <laughs> getting funding from some elusive person that was constantly changing their appearance and using a voice changer. And that person was pushing him really hard to do AI research. It was a mm. whole thing. Um, yeah, I wonder who that is. So throughout the entire game, you're collecting memory fragments from your dad because the AI was in his head and now it's in your head and he left little keys around uh, like to be unlocked under certain conditions and you can unlock and live through his memories. Oh, uh, it's, it's a pretty cool feature. Of, I mean, that sounds cool. interesting. Yeah. And one of the memories and a set of logs that you can unlock is him after he arrives in Andromeda before you wake up and he's just going over all of the logs they received from the Milky Way since. And there's distress beacons from all over the galaxy turian uh warships just sending out anybody anybody sos please you hear reapers in the background you hear uh mm. hackett declaring or the soul system has been invaded by reapers we are under lockdown we need everybody now you hear everything and then you hear liara at the very end you're our last hope if we fail if our last little thing doesn't work it's you it's got to be you and it's uh, my heart a good, good, it's a good thing the last thing worked yeah 
God, that is that's yeah. fucking good. That's yeah. really good. It is, but unfortunately, the narrative now, like, what's going to happen now with Andromeda's narrative? Obviously, they're going to work on the the quantum entanglement stuff, but you know, the, the new races they introduced, the the the, the, the galaxy, mm-hmm. the plots, the rider, rider story. It, you know, as much crap as we may give Ryder it was a good story with their family I liked that and while right. you know it's a little oddly paced and awkward at times I liked the narrative around the axe and Ryder and the mystery about the Nexus and the initiative mm-hmm. it was a good mystery to uncover and it just feels a little bit sad that it's not going to get answered you know the Quarionac all that stuff. Right. I know they got, got a book it's fine. I hope that one day, you know, and maybe even in codexes or whatever in the future game that we do hear about that, but it was it was good stuff. It was interesting. It was interesting enough for me to want another game. I, I just wonder where it's going to go now in the future where it's going to be, oh. okay, we're going to get the Milky Way, we're going to get these characters from Andromeda or whatever, and we're going to do this, and we're going to incorporate the Angara. I, I don't know. The new trailer, wasn't there, didn't they show the Milky Way and Andromeda galaxies? Yeah, but they went yeah, into they the Milky did. Way. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and some people speculate that one of the silhouettes that you see in uh yeah, in the, it's, it's in the seven day thing yeah. is an Angara, which is an alien from Andromeda. Mm, um, okay. So like it seems pretty plausible that somewhere between here and there there has been a relay set up yes. between the two galaxies. My hope for Mass Effect next is just like Mass Effect Andromeda, it's not set you know how in the galaxy map for Mass Effect it's planet, solar system, broader system, galaxy? Yeah. In Andromeda, it's just planet, solar system, broader system. And you can't do galaxy because you don't have relay. And my hope is that would be what the next Mass Effect is. It's not set on the Earth system. It's set in, like, an adjacent system with a bunch of populated planets, and it's the Wild West. Every single planet has, like, its own independent uh, little thing. Different groups have tried to announce themselves as independent governments. There are, like, three groups that are claiming themselves to be the new alliance of human systems, and there's two Neuterian ones. The Quarians have found their own planet that actually works for them. The Krogans and the Vorcha have just overpopulated everywhere. They are just (laughs) everywhere. Everywhere. We've played as the captain, but not the pilot in the past few games. Ooh. I would love it if we played on a smaller ship or, and were the pilot. That'd uh, be cool. You can incorporate a whole new level of gameplay in having you be the pilot. And fly your own ship. Yeah. Right. And then That's you cool. could deal with the fact that like everything is lawless here, everybody is out for their own skin, and you could build up towards the end, which is one of the Alliance systems, which may or may not be a holdout from Cerberus, is working on some old elusive man plans that involve building a relay. And once you build a relay on your end, you can receive relay pickups from any other end. And the end of the game is something comes through the relay. Hey. And it's I like Andromeda. I, I do, but here's the Reaper again. Dude, <laughs> Reaper. Oh no, guys. How are we going to take him down? Oh, no. Like, I think it wouldn't be that difficult to fix the relays. Like, if they have like several hundred years, which we are yeah, assuming. Yeah, 600 years. Yep. Yeah, if, if we're assuming it's going to be 600 years in the future because yeah. of Milfliara. <laughs> and Andromeda. Yeah, and Andromeda. Like, I guarantee you, they fixed the relays. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah. I think, yeah. I think okay. they fixed them. At well, least like, maybe not all okay. of them, but like, I, you know, I think most. some of them are going to be fixed, but the problem is that you need an enormous group effort to make a relay in the first place. Like, well, it's a good just... thing literally everybody is stuck in the Earth system. <laughs> 
Right. Like, I think the Earth system can have a relay by then, but I don't think most other systems are going to have the capacity to have a relay. Here's what I would envision happening. Like, the Citadel is in the Earth relay, or the Sol relay. What happened to this? Does it still just fucking explode? Is that what happens? Like, Um, No. Uh, If you choose the Destroy ending, the Citadel is rebuilt. Yeah, and the Citadel is a mass relay. So we need need to remember that. And there's also the the mass there's also the mass effect relay and the soul system i imagine like since literally everybody is stuck there they would be combined efforts to fix those as soon as possible right yeah and those would right. get done relatively quickly so, so the problem is that you would need to get a mass relay to another system right. and that's going to take faster than light travel which means yeah, you're going to have to go dormant for like for like 40 50 years at ftl it depends on how far away the closest other mass relay is and at that point it would just be like a slow and steady process like they wait 40 50 years boom new system new new nearby systems are open another 40 50 years but it's just a slow process of expanding the map again but then we also have the rachni problem of if you place a relay somewhere is it safe to do that because you have no idea what's on the other side like we also have to deal with the fact that like um what are they called the guys from the shadow broker dlc oh the Yog are definitely spacefaring by now. That dude learned like calculus in like a year and a half from Stone Age technology. They're definitely spacefaring by oh, now. Yeah. What happens That's... if you place a relay on their end? They overtake you. Now it's the Rachni Wars 2.0. And uh, the fact that we have so many over er, such overwhelming numbers of Krogan doesn't matter. Throwing them into a wood chipper. Those boys are beefy. <laughs> and they have lots of teeth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do. <laughs> it took a, a lot to just take them on the Shadow Broker, like, Jesus. I love when there's one at the Solarian STG camp, and then Gareth's like, Look, Liara, the new Shadow Broker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also hoping for, like, there to have been some more servers had little bases all over the galaxy. There to have been um, more Cerberus people who are playing with the Thorian. And so oh. 600 years into the future, there's just a couple more Thorians running around. You know, two of them can be at war. That's terrifying. Obviously, when I played Mass Effect 3, I was like, all right, here we go. The ending that everyone was talking about. How yeah. bad's it gonna be? And it wasn't that bad. At least yeah. if you pick Destroy. I agree. Synthesis, synthesis is fucking garbage. I don't like it. And I hate how the fucking Star Child presents it as like, this is the best option. Yeah. This is the greatest. Like, if you're like, oh, it's the best ending. No, it's the worst ending. It is actually the worst ending. Because you're forcing this change upon literally the entire galaxy it is so messed up the control endings eh, all right well the control ending the funny part about it is that that's what the elusive man was pushing for the entire time time, yeah yeah. Yeah. i feel like if you pick that then what was this all for exactly also i i i have to call bullshit on the the synthesis ending because like you cannot tell me that people wouldn't be like messed up about one being part machine and two the reapers just chilling like these reapers go out and like literally kill your friends and family and now they're just here vibing sorry bro bro. we understand you now so we're not we're gonna stop mass murdering your people every reaper has a little bit of meat underneath that carapace i I, I, I don't like it like the, the whole point is to like 
stop the Reapers, which is, I, I understand, like, the whole indoctrination theory of, like, destroys the, is yes. the only one where, oh you know, like, the, being that matters, convinced. but yeah. before we get into indoctrination theory, here's what I would do with a rewrite. Now, keep in mind, this rewrite is only for Paragon because I play the Paragon. Uh, I don't really have a good Renegade option. If you have a good Renegade option, feel free to write something somewhere down in the comments. I think, like, what a, a lot of people had an issue with the Mass Effect 3 ending is mainly how all of these choices you've made throughout the game don't really amount to much in terms of the final bit, which is just like, you know, the famous three choices, three colors of a laser. I felt like, okay, if that's what people don't like, I'll try to find a way to fix it. I came up with my own ending, and I was like, how am I going to go about an ending for this game? I was like, well, most of the games have an ending that revolves around the Paragon, the Renegade option, so I'll do something along the lines of that, but have your actions in the game affect if you can even do certain things. When I thought about what a good paragon ending would be i thought about what makes paragon shepherd paragon shepherd and that is the ability to talk his way or her way out of any situation <laughs> how this ending would work is pretty much the entire gameplay is not the same up until you get to the star child the star child like tells you the lore drop and yada 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 i'm the ai i am the reaper yada yada nonsense nonsense when he explains to you that his whole point is to stop organic life before they build machines that will overthrow and kill them thus preserving organic life in the process by sparing the lesser races depending on what you've done you can convince him that, that he's no longer needed so for example the two prerequisites that you would have to do to get this ending is one make sure that the Geth and the Ikorians have a peaceful resolution to their conflict and they live in harmony and two get Joker and ED together which could only happen in my in my writing if you've made the tour of the Geth and the yeah. uh, Korians I like together. that because yeah. Edie will see that it's possible for coexistence and possibly even relationships and will be okay with pursuing a relationship with Joker. If those prerequisites are met, you can go to the Star Child and say, you say that your whole purpose is to stop organic life from creating machines, from destroying us. Look right out there. They're organic and machine life fighting side by side to stop you. We are working together for peace. You're, you're no longer needed. You've done your part. You finally made it to the part where we've come together under harmony. You can like persuade this AI by showing him evidence. If that happens, the the Star Child will like you know obviously if you have a good enough Paragon level, yeah. will come mm -hmm. will realize that it is possible for AI and organic and inorganic life to coexist together, and some form of synthesis has been reached. And at that point, the Reapers will stop attacking. I love that because that's the way I usually mm -hmm. play my. I made peace between the Geth and the Corian. And I also got Joker and together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and it also kind of makes it feel better. So you don't, like, whenever you choose the destroy option in, you know, three, kind of feels like those two things, which are really big, yeah. are yeah. just completely gone. Like, completely, yeah. yeah. It's like, what was the yeah, point so of doing it then? It's redundant now. It, it kind of fixes the whole, like, idea of, like, oh, no matter what you do at the end, you get three choices. It makes sure choices in the previous game matter. Yeah. Um, there's also, like, a lesser, not true way that I did, like, a Paragon option, which is, like, you can pretty much challenge the star child with 
like you bet and said i bet that if you give us 500 more years we'll we, we will have achieved peace between an organic and organic life and if we're wrong you can you can reap us all you want <laughs> you have to have a really high paragon level to do that but if you have <laughs> like the, spe- the specific things yeah I, that's just either alternative but I it's guess the just... uh, renegade version would be like because renegade chef usually just bullies people into doing what he wants, yeah. or he could just so you know, would choose be like, destroy. <laughs> right. So, so renegade option would be choosing destroy. Like, oh yeah, you're not needed, Star Child. You know why? I killed all the Geth. I told Edie, no, get out of that body. You don't deserve that. No, you can't marry Joker. That would be weird. And then you <laughs> go and you kill all the Reapers, and you're like, yeah, this cycle of succession, it's over. We hit the apex. You succeed. Dummy, now organics will never be overthrown. Isn't there technically a, a, a fifth secret ending? Or a, well, there, you can shoot. Yeah. You can shoot. You... Yeah, they reject. If you shoot you the Scar Child, it'll yeah. just be like, yeah. and then they just, it, they just, you just yeah. walk away. Yeah. yeah, you can walk away. Yeah. Oh, can you walk away? Yeah. yeah, if you walk away, or the game doesn't give you any of the long monologues at the end, and it just gives you Stargazer at the end, and they oh, talk really? about how, yeah, and they just talk about how the foundation that you laid there, the Crucible and stuff, were enough that they were able to get the leg up on the Reapers. However, I also don't mind the endings as they are that much, because it's also kind of a nice way to end Shepard's story. It's I, sad. I agree. Like, I think Destroy is obviously the best of the endings that we got. Yeah, it's sad, and I had to emotionally recover from it, but mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. It was good. I think one of the reasons that people didn't like the endings is because none of the endings right now is a happy ending. Yeah. There's to all of the endings there's a downside. Yeah. Even and I mean even the, the, the quote unquote good destroy ending where your shepherd supposedly survives. Yeah. You don't see your sh- you just see the the last second of your yeah. shepherd waking up and that's all. You don't really know what happens to your companions or. Alright, that's also whatever. DLC that wasn't in the base game. Oh, was it DLC? Yeah, yeah. yeah. People people, people oh. like hated the ending so much that they had had to add like addendums to it. Yeah. Right. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. I just love the indoctrination theory because it glosses over it and just says it at all. It was an all indoctrination attempt. The moment right. that Harbinger zapped the laser and therefore everything from that was just a hazy dream or whatever that that Harbinger mm-hmm. was trying to indoctrinate and take over Shepard and if you chose destroy because it seemed like a red renegade option it was seen as the evil choice but obviously with the understanding that it's manipulation it was actually the right thing to do in that moment and that's what would have awoken Shepard from the indoctrination and then the ending would take place whatever it would be because it's it's a happy way to go that ending sucked let's have a new one here's a theory right there this is all a dream and now you can give us something else it, but, but also it explains the dreams that Shepard had when he was chasing the child and the child disappeared yeah. and what happened to that child and now the star child yeah like it really it really made me mad that the star child looked exactly like the child from yeah. the dreams for no reason yeah. no reason no reason that was Mac the only Walters child he couldn't save that, uh, Mac Walters who said that the indoctrination theory was too smart for Bioware yes I think it's Mac Walters <laughs> yeah. I think yeah it, it, it was it was so good that it was too good to buy. It. it was too good, literally, which yeah, is just... Yeah. yeah, he said, sorry guys, we weren't that smart. I wish that we'd thought of that, but no, that was not our intent with the ending of Mass yeah. Effect 3. And I think Dara said something familiar, similar about Dragon Age 2, where it's like, you know, you guys think of things that are better than what we've got, 
and also worse than we've got but you know also just as good as what you've got like you know you've got really good ideas but also we have mm-hmm. to run it in a bit <laughs> can we just like talk about how for a quick second harbinger is such a nothing like he's supposed to be the first reaper yet he feels yeah. like such it's really like, a non-threat mm-hmm. it's really upsetting like, he felt it in like... two when he could assume control of any collector but in three i completely forgot harbinger existed yeah. Yeah. i didn't even realize it was him yeah. at the very end of like the push yeah. Yeah. Towards me too the until i watched the adoption very oh that was harbinger what like sovereign iconic and then harbinger in two was great but in three it was like oh i I suppose it just comes down to budget cuts and the ending and then you know building up the elusive man and what they did what they had to finally push on for an ending and the original ending being leaked or have so much development resources put into multiplayer exactly and and then they had kyleng the best antagonist (laughs) ever so you know kyleng was like one of my friends said kyleng is probably like some executives oc and they were like uh, <laughs> what is the best what is the best selling ip that we have right now mass effect all right i want you to put this ninja in there the so robot ninja then the robot ninja with troy becker's voice what do you mean he's not cool <laughs> this, this is my oc he's really cool and he kills your favorite characters <laughs> uh, what if someone like wanted to have kai lang as like a, a companion but someone else's idea for thing got put in instead of kai lang so it was revenge <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was used no. in the next game to kill Thane. It was, it was the longest uh, revenge plot between two character creators and Bioware. I've got uh, a good theory question. Who do people think the Stargazer was at the end of the game? I think just a dude. Yeah, I don't think the Stargazer was anybody. I think the I Stargazer is just some a story, other a storytelling. A storyteller, yeah. Do you know who voice acted the Stargazer? Uh, the music man, right? No some dude who's like a really prolific voice actor right he's the dude i mean like i know he's done a bunch of cartoons no but i it was it was believe it or not it was buzz aldrin oh that's so good oh, How, yeah that's yeah. so good isn't that I cool that. isn't that's that so cool. cool i think he's just a dude super far in the future who learned the story of shepherd probably like a lot of people know the story of shepherd either from just like legends and stuff or even liara's like time capsule new hubby I mean, just, <laughs> yeah i think i think he's just telling this that story to his yeah. kid yeah i would like right. it to that's be joker but I don't think it is because no. the voice difference. But I, I would like it to be. Right. Also, he's walking. The kid calls Shepard the, the Shepard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay. it's, it's clearly a long time to where people thought Shepard was a title instead yeah, of his actual no, last right. name. I just, I love the fact that it was Buzz Aldrin because, you know, when Buzz Aldrin does unfortunately, you know, die, at least we have a, a, a Mass Effect character immortalizing him in that ending. Right. Which it, it's, also, it's... I would like to point out that the kid asked for another story about the Shepard. Shepherd. Buzz <laughs> responded with, "All right, one more story." You're so right. The one more story, guys. You're actually Come right. Dark Mass Effect. So, one more story. For Mass Effect Next, there are some people that want Shepard to come back in some like limited capacity, like as like a half AI, like weird cyborg messed up thing. But I would kind of love if you just got a DLC at the very end. You know, the their trespasser is Shepard waking up from the rubble. And, you know, it's just the last three hours of Shepard's existence. Or maybe instead of that, if we really, or if we want to get really saccharine, it could be more or less like a clip show, you know, like a little four hour experience where you walk through a, like a montage of the last of Shepard's life, you know, well, like uh, 20 or 30 I, I years. I like that. 
how you could do that is you play as another oh character, God, and the no, character no. goes to look for Shepard and finds Liara. It's Liara, because Liara found Shepard's body the first time. Oh or God. that. And so, like, Liara and your romance, or if your romance is Liara, or just, like, Liara and Garrus, just, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> go looking through the wreckage, and then they find you, and, like, you're dying, and you spend your last moments with, like, your best friends. Fucking powerful. It has to happen at the very end, though. I feel like the, ga- the, the, the DLC or whatever has to lead up to that moment. Mm-hmm. Just so, like in in Trespasser, you're you're following leads, and that leads oh, you to or, or you ask Liara to tell you about Shepard. Oh, oh and yeah, Liara's, oh, de- Liara, oh, Liara's definitely alive, and you're like, so what was what what were they what like? Was the Shepard like? Yeah, oh. yeah. And then Liara like tells you like goes does like a montage and it like tells you about the last time that they were with Shepard. Oh, that would be good. Oh, that oh. would be good. They like hold oh. up a, pic- a framed picture of their dog tags. That would be how you do the split protagonist for a second you yeah. get the final dialogue choices of Shepard oh yeah oh, that would be, yeah. be good so yeah. you remember how the Sam works in Andromeda right little AI you have an implant yes. that yes. Uh, yes. lets him link with your skull right yeah or link with your brain, right? So Shepard in Mass Effect 2 is, he's full Darth Vader, or she's full Darth Vader. They're like as much machine as they are person at this point after being resurrected from being literally dead. Do you think there's any chance that the elusive man put something in to slowly map out Shepard's consciousness? That would be sick. Oh, I mean, he has cloned Shepard Pryor, so it's like, what right. else is he not going to do, you know? Listen, cloning right. is very I... much existent in this world. We have fucking Miranda so... and her sister, so... Like... Exactly, that's well, true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, even, even just Shepard's consciousness... But, right, the elusive man really wanted that Shepard to be there to fight the Reapers. Like, and if resurrecting him didn't work, like, I can't imagine that he wouldn't want a backup, or like four or five different backups. Uh, we yeah. already know there's a backup. Yeah. <laughs> right, we know that there's one backup, so... Or why not an AI backup? Why not? Exactly. And and being Shepard's consciousness as well. And that way, you can choose which sort of Shepard you had, Paragon Renegade, and then the consciousness could act like a dick. Or... I don't know if it would be a good idea to even bring back Shepard. Obviously, if you want to see Shepard. I think think letting Shepard rest is the right call. I think, like... Letting letting Shepard rest and maybe having, like, one final story where, like, Liara and them find Shepard dying and he spends their... And they spend their final moments among their friends and just have that final story and you could just make it a DLC where you play as Liara and call the DLC one more story as a callback to the Star oh, Child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the Star Child to the um to the Stargazer. And just like tell the story of the final moments of Shepard's life. And it would be so emotional and so good. And, then and you just drop like... at the end that Liara is pregnant. <gasps> oh, <laughs> What if Liara does have a child if you romanced her? I guess so, I, I wouldn't mind if that happened. I'd be excited, but there might be some people who wouldn't be down for that, which is perfectly yeah. understandable. It'd be even worse if they made their romance it's, it's similar to like Solas and Lavellan. Do they have a child? And that's literally why that Solas line is in there. I would not lay with you under false pretenses so that they can just say, yeah, no, we didn't have a child. Because <laughs> I know people do want that, but also people don't want mm-hmm. that. You know, it's, it's a tricky situation. And let's do a top three worst and best characters of the trilogy. For me and Chris, I think yeah, I'll, I'll include yeah. Andromeda. I mean, half of us can't do that, so... Yeah, I'll include Andromeda, but uh, top three best characters 
I'll talk about mine. So my top three, Garrus, Liara, and Tally, in that order. And an honorable mention, number four, Rex. Of course, they're the OG squad. And just being with them through the entire series and seeing their character progression, they're just so well-written, so well-performed, and just so fun of characters that you can't help but just love them. I know you don't like Tally, Jack. Oh, no, no, I respect your but... opinion. This is a respecting zone. <laughs> I don't respect yours. <laughs> All of their quirks and characteristics are just so great at what makes them just so well well written and well rounded characters I mean yes I romance Liara so obviously she's gonna be up there but even if I didn't romance Liara I'd still probably put her up there as well because she is such a, a crucial part of the entire franchise oh, yeah. okay so my favorite ones are Garrus, Tally and Edie Ooh, I, Edie Garrus is obviously I romanced him so and he's just a badass character I love Tally I just love her personality now Edie I have a lot to say about Edie because she starts out as an AI she doesn't have a body and when she does get a body you can help her develop and you can sort of kind of like I feel like with Cole where you can choose for him to be more like a human or a spirit I feel like with you can help her uh, steer in in a certain direction. The whole thing you can do with her and Joker. And that's what I really, really like about Edie. You just see her whole character develop. And you're a part of that. And I think yeah. that's great. And that's what I like about her. I like Liara a lot as well. I think I liked Edie just a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because of that. Oh, she definitely takes a huge spotlight in Ratchet 3 for sure. So I've got Liara, obviously favourite among everyone here, Thane and Morden. And I talked about it before, but Thane, my religious stereotype, who's an assassin. I love that. I love my religious character in, in media to be an assassin who is an, a badass and prays for his victims. It's just, it's amazing. I love it. And then Morden. I mean, he sinks. You can't beat Morden. <laughs> I, I see myself a lot in Morden too, speaking really fast, being a, long, a lanky individual, being quite quick-witted, quite silly, quite stupid at times, mm. but then very, very serious at, at times. I, I I love Morden. I think if I was a Mass Effect alien, I'd be a Solarian. Yeah. I mean, you did break out into, like, song as we were at York the other day, so I thought it was weird, but... <laughs> what was I singing? Jack, it's a joke. I'm being sarcastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also love how serious he is and how scary he can be when he's literally gunning down people and you're like, whoa, Morden, what the hell, man? Put it away. <laughs> people overlook the fact that Morden is a, like, a special ops and <laughs> very good at yeah, but he's a, I love that about him, and it's similar to Doctor Who. He sees what the best thing in the scenario to do, and in his in this circumstance, it was to kill people because he wanted to save lives. Therefore, he killed mercenaries. He's like, okay, I want to save the lives of people in Omega, so I'm going to kill these mercs because that's exactly what a doctor is doing, saving those lives. But I, yeah, I love that. So, what about you, Chris? So, three favorites are, number one is Tali. I think Tali's uh, character development is absolutely incredible. My top three is going to look very similar to yours, Marshall. My yeah. number one is Tali. My number two is Liara, because I think Liara develops in really incredible ways. And my number three is really tied between Garrus and Javik. Javik is, like, absolutely incredible. I I really like Javik. A lot of people don't like him, but I am a sucker for the man out of time trope. Absolutely, same. Me too. Me too. I love that he gets absolutely shit-faced, and he uh, (laughs) he has, uh, like, a shooting things, or a great old shooting things time with the other mean old men. The duty times with the boys yeah i love that you can give him his final absolution let him die the way that he wanted to die taking his or taking out the reapers i love how much context he gives you for the galaxy yes 
Oh my gosh. They used to eat flies. Oh, it's amazing. His introduction is so good. Like when it's coming yeah. back and forth between like the modern day and like the mm -hmm. pro the precursor's time. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's just a great scene. And then just like Javik being there, I, I felt like even though he was a DLC character, he felt like he belonged in that game. Well, he well, literally yeah, was, yes, but they just gave it as a DLC. Like literally. Yeah. And bringing yeah. him, I was told like to bring him with Liara to. Yes. Yes. The the one place. Yes. And oh my yes. god. It was Fessia. it was the right call. Fessia. Yeah. It was the right call. Because that is such a yeah. great the, the dialogue you get is so great. Even when he talks like the pilot and encourages her to keep fighting. And then whenever he like lore drops, like, yeah, your your goddess isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, your goddess looks like me, Liara. Come on. And then Garrus, he develops in such incredible ways. The fact that he's constantly pushing, he like wants to be renegade, he wants to be bad. Mm -hmm. Cop. And then if you end up going renegade, he's like scared. He's like, oh, I didn't know you were going to hurt their feelings. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Ah, Garrus is an absolute delight. You can do, if you romance him in three, you can fun dance with him. Yeah, I uh, Where you break the chef. Yeah, it's so good, right? <laughs> and my honorable mention, my Mass Effect Andromeda character is going to sound a little bit weird, but it's Ryder, the, the protagonist, the character you play as. They come out the other side really well developed. They, they have. Do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they have, like, an actual character arc, which yeah. I didn't know was really possible to do in an RPG where you play as a character. You go through highs and lows. Andromeda has so many problems, but one thing that isn't is Ryder is, a, is an absolute triumph for RPG writing. They should be the standard. Let's do the same order. So, Marshall, Lisa, me, Chris, for worst characters. Now, this is where opinions this, are going to come out. <laughs> this is where the comments is not going to like me. All right. My top, it's really my top two that I actively dislike, I would say. Or, first of all, honorable mention number four is I didn't really fucking care about him. Also, kind of Jack. I know Jack gets better in Mass Effect 3, but I didn't really, which I agree. I think Jack in Mass Effect 3 as a teacher, that's, that's great. That's such a great yeah. development on their character. But like she didn't really didn't really do it for me at Mass Effect 2. But yeah, number three is Vega because why were you in this game? <laughs> why why did we have to get a new addition to the party at the final act of this trilogy with no time to develop him? The moments we have with him, especially like in the Citadel DLC with him and Cortez, I love him. The part where like the boys come over to watch the game is so fun. It's, yeah. it's just it's so wholesome. But you know, I I really don't think he should have been like a party member. Because he, we, we didn't have time to develop an entirely new party member, which is you know one of the reasons I say yeah. whatever the final Dragon Age game is going to be, we shouldn't really introduce many new characters because we're not going to have that much time when we have to wrap up so many arcs. Onto the characters I actively dislike, <laughs> Jacob. I've yeah. talked about how I don't like Jacob. I think he's kind of extremely bland and boring, as most of the humans tend to be. And also, again, the fact that he can cheat on you if you romance him is a bit of a dick move. Absolutely. You know, nice like, pun though. I, I didn't intend that, but I'll intend it now. And then here we go. I despise Ashley. <laughs> like, oh, what? 
what? She's so fucking rude, man. She's such a bitch. And I know people are like, well, she's racist for a reason. I'm like, well, I don't really care about that. <laughs> like, but it makes sense for her to be racist. Like, yeah, it does. And like, I'll give you that. But, but don't, don't excuse like the racism. Yeah, don't excuse the racism. <laughs> I still don't like it. I still don't like how, like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be friends with Liara. And she's like, ooh, oh, blue thing. Like are you sure oh. that's a good idea to have aliens on this ship? I won't fuck you, Ashley. Hush. <laughs> Obviously, like, you know, alien racism is something that actually has, but I feel like that topic was much handled much better with What's-His-Face from Aspect 1. Like, the guy who's like, I don't trust these aliens, and at the end he's like, maybe these aliens aren't so bad. Anyway, I'm gonna die now. Ashley? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, that was a better character, but actually, like, if she gets better in Aspect 3, I would not know. I'm gonna completely throw that out there so you guys have a reason to say I'm wrong in the comments. I chose Caden, obviously, as my survivor. I feel like Caden gets better in Aspect 3, even though he is pretty bland in Aspect 1. Sorry, Sasha. <laughs> But in Mass Effect 3, I feel like he's a much more well-rounded and developed character. I really just didn't like Ashley at all. I rarely used her in Mass Effect 1 because I just didn't like how she jived with literally everyone else in the party. Yeah, maybe I'm just a Liara simp and I didn't like how she was bashing my girl. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. she does that even if you don't romance her. Like, she, her default yep. attitude yep. towards Liara is like, yeah. you should fuck me instead. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's my hot take. Please don't, please don't crucify me in the comments. Sorry, but the humans just aren't that interesting in Mass Effect. Oh, oh no, we all agree. I think that's something we can all agree on. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, I have Zaid, and then Jacob, and then Ashley, and I, I didn't actively dislike Ashley that much. Kaden survived in my playthrough, and I didn't get to see more of Ashley because I know people say she gets better in Mass Effect. Uh, two and three. I, I I haven't seen her in in those games because yeah. she was dead in my playthrough. So that's why I don't really have an opinion on her. I guess. Uh, Zaid, I didn't really care about him that much. I remember doing his companion quest, and you have to choose whether you save the. the I think it's like the, the some the sort people. of crew yeah. or make him get his revenge. <clears throat> and I choose to save the, the the crew, and he got kind of upset with me because of that. Yeah. Then also the fact that because he. He's those one of those DLC characters. He doesn't really say much. He has lines, yeah. but you can't really speak to him. And Jacob, eh, kind of the same reason as you, Marshall. He's just kind of bland, and I, his backstory and his personality just didn't really <laughs> stick with me. It's the far. aliens are just much more interesting. Very similar, and I'm not going to really explain too much because it's just similar. Zaid, Jacob, same reasons really. Just never vibed of them. You know, I like. Inferno Grenade with Zaid. I at least enjoyed that part of him, but I, 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 I like Robin Sachs, his voice actor, who unfortunately passed away just after the Citadel DLC. But, you know, a big bloke type of character, not really my kind of forte. I liked his London accent, that was cool. But other than that, I just didn't vibe with him. Jacob, again, didn't vibe with him. Nothing in particular, it was just there were, there were better characters, and so I don't actively hate them. Caden as well, I've got on there. Similar to, you know, Lisa with Ashley, I never have had Caden survive. I just haven't gone for it. I've seen the playthroughs of it. My best friend loves to romance Caden. And for me, it was either romancing Ashley with Star Wars puns or Canadian ham Caden. <laughs> and so I preferred the Star Wars puns and I always went with Ashley. But yeah, I never actually had Caden in Master 3. Maybe I'll do it one day, but I actually do like Ashley a lot. So I always tick with Ashley. Uh, so sorry, yeah. I just, I'm sorry, I just like completely railed on you. <laughs> no, I don't worry. She was my first proper multi-game romance, Ashley. So I like that part of it, you know, the, the tiered romance. Right? It's, it's kind of, you know, as usual, cringe. Like, oh, Shepard, I'm so annoyed at you because you lied to me about Cerberus. And it's like, oh, yeah, get over it. But I, I 
still like a little bit of that. But anyway, someone who I do actively dislike is Liam. I understand... This is in Mass Andromeda. I understand his character. We needed another human. We definitely did. We need his character type, being a soldier, whatever he was. I like that part about him, but his dialogue just rubbed off the wrong way. And it felt like... And I guess it's a critique of Andromeda, but it just felt like he wasn't a Mass Effect character. He felt like he was like a typical first-person shooter character. He didn't feel like he was ingrained in this universe. Everything he said, it wasn't like he was from Earth. It wasn't like he connected to this universe. It was just a bit like he was a Spec Ops police agent from Earth. And I'm like, what are you? I don't get anything. I don't relate to you in any regard. But I understand his character. You know, we needed we needed a human on, on that journey for sure. But... I just didn't like Liam in the slightest. I don't remember anything about him, and he just didn't stick out. And maybe that's an, an alien thing. We could have had a good human character in Liam, and there's potential there. The Liam we got, yeah, no. I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit on Liam. Go for it. Um, Go for it. I do agree that, like, he seems kind of out of place. He does feel like he's a character from, like, like a non-sci-fi video game. He feels yeah. like a character that you would find in a Spec Ops game. Yeah. Spec yeah. Ops the line. Like a Tom, exactly. a Tom Clancy game. Yeah, yeah like a Tom yeah. Clancy game. Like, he's, he's a fine character, but he is sort of out of place here. Yeah. But what I really like about Liam is what a weirdo goofball he is. <laughs> like, you can just walk in uh, to his room one day, and he's just standing there with Javik. Uh, Javik is one of the Jal. aliens from Jal. the... Jal, I'm sorry. He's standing there with Jal from an alien from another galaxy. They're both standing there shirtless. And <laughs> yeah. Jal's got this weird-ass alien body. And then <laughs> as you're standing there, you're like, uh... And Liam goes, oh! And then they both throw armor at each other, and they just start tearing each other's armor apart. <laughs> and, like, yeah, like, Liam just does stuff like that constantly. He is this instigator for bizarre character interactions. I gotta watch that also, scene now. <laughs> yeah. And he um, also... For what reason? <laughs> he also... I don't know if you did his personal quest. I did, But yeah. his personal quest is Mass Effect Andromeda Citadel DLC, basically. Yeah. He makes you go out and buy movies, and then that or he slowly gets everybody on the crew in on it and they all make you go out and buy their own snacks, alcohol, and whatever. And then at the end, you get like a good like five minute good. cute cut scene yeah, that was where amazing. everybody's just watching a movie together. That was the best And while scene. you're all roasting how bad the movie is that Liam picked, mm -hmm. uh, everybody forces your writer to go up and act out the scene better. It's and you great. can instead, oh. or you can choose to do either like a Star Trek Wrath of Khan reference or a Planet of the Apes reference. Yeah. And both are pretty great. I agree to that. So my least favorite characters. So my third least favorite from the original trilogy is Morinth, the daughter yeah. of Samara. Yeah. Because there's like not much there. And it makes me really sad because in theory, the idea of an Ardat Yakshi companion, I think is so incredible. Just somebody who's perpetually like their very biology wants them to be a serial killer. <laughs> and I, or they're just sitting there every day like, well, uh, I guess I'm not going to murder somebody today. And uh, then they are racked with debilitating headaches. We don't really ever get to explore who she is. Even in 3, when you deal with the fact that her sisters have become banshees, you get a handful of lines of dialogue about how heartbroken she is, and that's it. Uh, if I remember correctly, I do want to give Bayar credit. You can sort of romance her. Right? And then you die. Yeah, and then you die. Uh, yeah. yeah. I do want to give Bioware credit for that. Is, because... it, I, yeah, that is pretty good. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. But I, I just, I am saddened by Morinth's inclusion more than yeah. anything because I see the silhouette of what is a great character and what we have there is instead a mediocre character. It, it, I think what it is is that they expected so little people to actually go through and choose her as a companion over like 
Samara, Samara that they were like, well, let's not bother developing this character much because no one's going to fucking choose her over Samara. But if you want to, well, I mean, can. like, they are right, overwhelmingly. Yeah, like, people oh, were absolutely. Samara's yeah, epic, yeah. though. I love Samara. Samara She's is pretty cool. Amazing. Mm -hmm. My second least favorite is Zaid for all the reasons mentioned above. He's like <laughs> yeah. just kind of a nothing character. Like, I, I am more fond of the bruiser archetype than I think some of you are. Yeah. But, like, why is he there? He doesn't really add much. This is probably a testament to Mass Effect that there's only one character that I actively dislike, and that is Kai Lang. Oh yeah, alright. Well like I'm not I'm not having a great time with three, but you know, like at least I'm in this cool universe and oh my god, what is he doing here? <laughs> He's riding the car. <laughs> Did you know, or I, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but there's a letter, you can get an email from Kai Lang, and he's like, hey nerd, I'm just sending you an email to let you know that I hate you, and that I'm gonna beat you up. Okay, what? bye. And then he signs Kai Lang, everything that, is, that he does. He's the high school bully, basically. That is not, I, I don't believe That is a real thing that Kai Lang does. If you read your emails, Kai, there is one from Kai Lang. The header is like, renovation on the citadel and then there's like hello commander shepherd we would like to and then it cut there's like two of uh, two dashes hey that was just a cover it's kai lang a nerd but not in like a cool or fun way yeah. it's just an obnoxious way hey sorry i just have to get past customs uh anyway uh <laughs> you suck bye yeah he says you're not as weak as i thought but never forget that your best wasn't good enough to stop me. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you or anything, Baka. <laughs> he is the worst, he is obnoxious, and I despise Kylang. Killing him is the best my, choice in the entire game. Absolutely. My honorable mention from Andromeda is Suvi. Suvi oh, is one of your two pilots. She's amazing. She is. She's Scottish. The problem is that I don't play a religious writer, or I like kept trying to humor her. But then she just asks or asks you point blank after you find out that aliens are creating life in the Andromeda galaxy. She's like, should this shake my faith? And I was like, well, no, you're like, you're believing anyway. And then from that point on through the rest of the game, she was just consistently harassing me being like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I see you hate me for believing in God. I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I see. I and like shouldn't be discriminated against. <laughs> and that is like a third of her dialogue. It is in it total. Is. It's just talking about like how or how much she loves the fact that she's religious. If you don't humor her, she just gets incredibly passive aggressive. Yeah. And you have to deal yeah. with one of your pilots being super passive aggressive <laughs> the rest yeah, of the game. True. I do like that she's a religious scientist. I like that, but you do get I think that, it's neat like, in theory. In theory, yeah, it's great in theory, but I, I like her a lot. But yeah, I played the religious, like, humoring her, so I got into it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you don't do that, then I can see why it's like, all right, Suvi, shut up. <laughs> well, also, like, we have a bunch of religious characters already. Like, yeah, every single Asari is, uh, like, actively religious. We do not know any atheist Asari. They're all, or they all consistently invoke goddess. Yeah. Oh, I will pray to the goddess. <laughs> By the goddess, no! By the goddess! 
Oh, shut right. up, buddy. Go to this. Okay, okay, buddy. Calm down. <laughs> Sorry. Jovic is standing right there. <laughs> yes. You call. What, 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 was, what, what was her name? Like, I think he actually had a name for what the goddess was. Like, he, he like, so, called, yeah. yeah, he called her. She was like, oh, you mean Susie? Yeah, we went out for drinks one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know her. <laughs> to say, though, this is my, my opinion on the, the companions is my first impression. I'm probably going to have to play through the game again or maybe a few I... more times to really develop my opinion because that's what happened with Dragon yeah. Age as well. Oh, yeah. Same here. That's understandable. Yeah. I've gone from Miranda loving her to now loving Liara because I just see, you know, you go through different playthroughs, you experience it differently, and you're like, all right, yeah. Can yeah, see, you know. an example well, of that for me is with Cole. I, I always side with the mages in Inquisition and I never sided with the Templars. And then yeah. one day I decided to side with the Templars. And before that, I didn't really care much for Cole. He was just there. And then when I met him in in the, the Templar quest, Jebbies of the Just, there was just a whole different side yeah, of him that absolutely. I didn't really realize that he yeah. had. And now I love him. Yeah, it's same here. I had to say, it's a way better different introduction. It's so much better. Like, just getting his dynamic of being a spirit, the fact that he's in your head. And it's yeah. like, well, how the hell are you in my head then, as well as a demon? It's like, well, I'm a spirit. It's it's way better than, oh, uh, I heard the mages, he, he's angry at you, he doesn't like you, he, he's so mad that you took his mages, and then that's it, you know? Yeah, I, I, exactly. I prefer his, uh, yeah, and, and I suppose it just comes to the different playthroughs, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I think... Traveling with Dorian. I, it's kind of, I understand why they did it, Dorian, Dorian's so loquacious and easy to love, whereas Cole yeah. is so introverted and in his head and really hard to comprehend if you don't give him time. Yeah. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you need that introduction for him. It needs to be, a, you know, that nudge to be like, okay, he's different and this is why he's different. You know, I, I, I agree. And I love that. It's, kind of a, it's kind of a shame that they're locked to a quest, it but is. I also understand why they did it. So I think as a final question as we wrap this up, everyone, what is one thing that you would like to see for the next Mass Effect? It can be anything, whatever you want, go ahead, swing for it as short, as long as you want. What would you like to see going forward for the next Mass Effect experience? Milf, we are. Make your wish <laughs> nice and up close to the mic. Fair enough. Marshall has spoken. I, I think I think you'll find that a lot of people will agree with me. I um, agree. I agree. Yeah, but no, for for real. Obviously, Liara's present. I would love some inclination of figuring out what happened to the rest of the characters. Uh, obviously, yeah. the only ones who will still be alive are Liara, Grunt, and possibly Rex if he hasn't died yet. I mean, he's a tough son of a bitch, but still, yeah. he's a tough I, son uh, of a bitch. Yeah. He's, he's... I should throw out. I should throw out. Uh, in Andromeda, there is there's a Krogan who's way older than the old oldest to oh, sorry yeah. he's like yeah he's like 14 1500 years old Drac. yeah i think rex so, is gonna be around for okay. a long time uh, yeah, yeah 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 so i can see like old old rex and i can honestly see grunt as the leader of the of the Erdnot clan because rex probably like oh, i'm too old you you take care of it or whatever like i can definitely see rex uh, grunt being the new leader of the Erdnot clan oh yeah mm -hmm. um, i would love soft it, grandpa rex soft grandpa <laughs> rex would be so great oh yes I mean, yes yes that would be the best he's... arc like, you've gone from kid baby tank uh, grunt to then you know Erdnot clan old grumpy grunt but like i would love to see liara i would love to see the characters that would still be alive and i would love to find out what happened even just through like you know codex entries of mm -hmm. what happened to all the characters that we grew to love what did garris do what did tally yeah. do what happened yeah. to joker and the normandy crew and of course what happened to shepherd 
if they want to save that for something like super special, like, you know, a DLC, what we, you know, had the idea of where it shows his final moments surrounded by his friends, then yeah, I'll take that. But if it's something as simple as like, you know, the Normandy wreck uh, in Mass Effect 2, you go to like a shrine or like a monument yeah. to Shepard. Who knows, maybe that's, that's when you meet Liara. As much as I'm excited for like this new thing, like this brand new thing, I guess I should say something new for what I want in the game. I really would like more closure on the old yeah old stuff in the in this new like obviously yeah. like, i want to see a bunch of new things i want to see like um new cool mechanics in the game i want to see a brand new fascinating story with all these interesting characters i want to see the long-term effects of our cons of our choices from the previous three games are the rachni pretty chill because <laughs> we let the queen out <laughs> yeah. like is that really gonna be an or issue they're like factioning or something i want to see like you know, how our choices in the previous games have affected in the long term how much yeah. of an impact has shepherd left on the galaxy as a whole in the long run because like you can see these choices affect things very shortly down the line but on a grand scale like he cured the gen they cured the genophage they stopped they let the rachni go like those are really big fucking deals i agree so, and it's so what became of those are they, like chris said in his you know wild west idea are they just fucking running amok popping babies out left and right or like and how do they have their own even their own their entire like own system dedicated to them uh, so they you don't... know what that would probably mean that most places have like a no krogan allowed policy because they'd be afraid of that and then krogans who are always shit on would be even more shit on so i, def I definitely want to see like some sort of conclusion or like you know remembrance of these past characters and these past events i definitely want to see how our choices in the past affect the game in the future and of course i just really would love a great game with a great story and great characters that i can fall in love with all over again like i did with the mass effect trilogy awesome. i couldn't have said it better myself i agree 100 absolutely i think they're gonna have a good opportunity to do that because it's we think it's gotta be set in the in the far future uh, judging by the trailer no, we that are. we saw, yeah. <laughs> so I think they're they're gonna get a good opportunity to do that to show the long term effects. Pretty much agree with with what you said, hundred percent. Like I got very attached to my shepherd, but I don't mind their story being done as long as we do get some closure about yep. what what exactly happened to Shepard or what happened to your your companions or your uh, your romance. If it's not Liara. Yeah. What, yeah, what they're doing. Pretty much yeah. that. Even though it gets crapped on and roasted, for me, I definitely want some connection to Andromeda. I did like my time that I spent with it now that I have played it with mods and it's been patched and it's a better game. So, you know, and there are characters that I really do attach to. Like, Kalo Jaff is my favourite Andromeda character. He is the pilot and he is one of my favourite Solarians. He's nice, chipper, quirky, fun. And he's a great, he's a great. And he shoots a machine hunter. gun at the end. Yes, he does. He is such a fun character. And, and there, there have been instances of Andromeda that I really enjoyed. Like, the axe, you know, the mystery, the new races, the Angara, for example, the remnant, they were interesting, a little bit interesting mystery. A bit too much like the, the Profians in some regard in terms of just being like, A little bit too much, yeah. But I liked parts of it, and I do not want that to be disregarded when the next game comes out. I would like aspects of its lore, you know, things like the Genophage was keyword uh, in Andromeda through, you know, I think it was Evolution, whatever. Like characters like Kalajath, I know they can't return, but the technology that, that was explored in the lore, the, the things there, the plot points, if, and, and, you know, the, the characters like the, the Angara and the Remnant, things like that I would like to see return again in the future. And even just hear about Ryder's legacy, which is you say about Shepard, I would like to hear about mm -hmm. what Ryder accomplished, if they could do that, and if they were down to doing that. 
Uh, and hearing about that mystery because there were so many seeds of mysteries in Andromeda that were never answered. For example, right. your mother. She is still in cryo. Huge right. spoiler. But she's right. just left there. So I would and like she to... knows all of the yeah. secrets. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. We can yeah. not thaw her out. That was going to be a deal. Uh, she's got like terminal cancer, basically. But, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. And put, can, 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 can we like... Can you, like, bring her out so she can divulge a secret well, over her back? <laughs> you, you find her of your sister in a mission, and that's the ending of the memories mission. You find your mother in cryo, right. and, that, and you don't open it. You just see her there in cryo. So it's like, okay, when are we yeah, going to open well, you know, yeah, what are we going to do? You have to say, basically, like, okay, when the technology, or when it's the ready. medicine is there, then we can take her out. So yeah. that way we can make sure that she doesn't die before, like, we can have our mom back. So that, that's the thing. Andromeda had so many good mysteries, but it never right. answered them. And that's the thing about so many TV shows, like Lost has so many good mysteries, but the writers haven't had an answer to it. And no wonder they're good mysteries, because right. the writers themselves don't know what the answer is. Or they do, but they haven't answered it in the games. So I would like some closure for Andromeda. That's what I, I would definitely like going forward. You know, as much as I want Shepard's closure, I would like Andromeda closure, please. I want so many things for Mass Effect 4. I mean, like, I, I threw out, like, an entire pitch before. Uh, but I guess, yeah. <laughs> like, so there is this Greek idea, this ancient Greek idea called the succession myth. It was the idea that at the beginning of time, there was primordial chaos. That primordial chaos gave birth to primordial gods. And the last-born son, Oronos, the god of the sky, killed the chaos, or dominated the chaos, trapped it away, became the king of the gods. Oronos, last-born son, Cronus, chopped up his father with his sickle, threw him into, into another primordial deity, became the king of the gods. Cronus, last-born son, Zeus, chopped up his dad, became king of the gods. And each of these... Uh, king of the gods tried to find a way to get around the succession you know uh chronos tried eating his sons and zeus method was well you can't be succeeded by your last son if you don't have a last son right and he just kept having kids but i like that idea going forward to mass effect you know we are the zeus we are the thunderbolt the greatest force that has ever been so far but what happens after i want to yeah. see project heracles I want to see the thing that's try or that could replace us, and yeah. I think that is the Sam project from Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, the yeah. idea of an AI integration that can directly affect your biology that has the prime directive of learn from your host human, help them grow so that way you can learn as well. The thing and is, that I that's exactly what the Reapers feared, and so that's what the Reapers feared. But the Reapers created specifically to prevent it from coming. It, it, exactly. So, so like, it, right. What happens if we just let it come? What if we don't fight it? What if we embrace it? It's your time in the sun now. Go ahead. We succeed. You're in charge. Now we're letting new people take the or take the step forward. We have to let it happen anyway. All of our characters are dying with age. It's, it's going to happen. Everybody's got to die anyway. Why don't like you a... voluntarily give up the throne to these new people, to the people who are willing to integrate themselves and willing to go on and be better and be wiser and be kinder? That's very so, interesting. And I think it ties into Andromeda too, with its, you know, with the right. whole, you know, it's a great integration. The Reapers feared it. They created it in Sam, going ahead 600, mm -hmm. 700 years. Right. And then uh, the next thing that I would like is I would like a follow up on what is up with the cat. So we oh, find yeah. out the entire oh, yes. Andromeda galaxy, there are no relays. So the cat are using an inferior mass effect te uh, technology to slowly travel FTL. And they have populated the entire Andromeda galaxy with these cultists that just 
take life and dominate it and transform it. And the cat apparently appear in all different forms. I want to know what's up with that. There are some people that have the theories that they're also from another galaxy, that they're an invasive species, and that when we set up the the relay between galaxies, we run the risk of, okay, now we have these people or these monsters that want to spread their psycho-religion to the Milky Way, which I think could also be super fun. Yeah. You know, I want to follow up on Cerberus and Liara, because I think there's uh, there's concept art out there of, like, Cerberus building a mass relay and stuff like that. I think having, like, a nationalized Cerberus that is now the, fr- or the face of the galaxy, that's what the Citadel is, and Cerberus lives up to its names, and there are three heads for three divisions, <laughs> and cool. Liara's one of them, and then, you know, like, uh, you could have the, the child of Joker and Joker Edie. And Edie. So, you know, you have one immortal, one long-lived person, and then you have a human or a solarium, somebody who's going to live fast, die hard. Three heads, three different divisions. I think that's an amazing concept. And Cerberus is a guard dog to the Milky Way galaxy. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. And it all started with their founder, Joker. This awesome dude who is an expert programmer and the best pilot in the galaxy, and nobody, or it never existed before that. Yep, Mm -hmm. definitely Uh, didn't. Nothing at all. uh, Anyways, here's Cora Harper. Um, (laughs) And the last thing that I want is more options for dudes to just be monster fuckers, honestly. I'm so jealous of you, ladies. Like, come on. Ladies have the options right now. For right now, Yo, only female one. Win? Female Krogan win? Female Krogan milk at that. Let's female go let's Krogan. one step further. Yo, listen, I'm just saying, we don't know what a female Volus looks like. I bet Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 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 Listen, I'm just saying. The child of that biotic god? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Got, female Batarians. Uh, they're hey, very extinct. Like... <laughs> Female Vulture? No, oh, no. So Andromeda gives you the option, finally, to be a monster fucker if you're a dude. There is a female Turian option, and oh, yes. uh, there's a male Angara option. And I think there's also a female Angara option. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, come on, there's an entire galaxy out there. You know, there are a lot of you know Bioware, you know your audience. <laughs> a small step for man. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't think this is gonna happen, but I think it would be cool if you could be an alien as the player character. Yes, I would love that. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Uh, that... Honestly, with the fact that you don't have to be Shepherd anymore, they could totally do. They that. could do it. It's so resource intensive to do that. Yeah, 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 it is. Exactly. It is. That's why but, I think it's not going to happen. But and the latest, the latest trailer had loads of human iconography as well. Like it always does with the, mm-hmm. you know, quotes from Space Odyssey, for example, and humanity's leap mm-hmm. into space, Odyssey, all that stuff. And it's like, okay, so are you going for the humans again? I would love to play as Nasari or a Volus or a Batarian. Right. I love it in theory, but you'd have to worry about the fact, or well, like you'd have to create an entire program to mess with alien faces where like with the trilogy and with Andromeda, they could get away with the fact that like every Krogan, every Turian, every Solarian, every Volus, they all actually just use the same model. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is kind of unrelated, but before we end, I just want to say that Bioware did a great job on making the Reapers actually scary. Oh, yeah. Like, those fucking things are so creepy. Yeah. Like, they are one of the coolest antagonists. They are. In, yeah. In, 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 sci- in fiction, let alone sci-fi. I know that I'm the only Doctor Who watcher here, but for me, they are scary. They are just as scary as the Daleks. Yeah, like, like, the Daleks are uh, very similar to the Reapers in terms of dark space, and they are evil, and da 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 But when you hear a Dalek, it's like, oh my lord. And when you hear a Reaper, it's like, oh my lord. Like, it's just the sheer... Things, it's yeah. so... Also, the probably... I, I, I have 
a final thing that I would like to ask everyone. Out of the entire trilogy, or Andromeda, if for those who've played it, what is your favorite moment? I know what it is for Jack. What is it for Jack? It's the suicide mission for Jack. Yeah, it is. It is. It, is. it absolutely is. But I yeah. love Citadel, but suicide mission is my favorite level for any game ever because of the first time I played it and the sheer intensity of losing everyone, but it being like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and it's like, oh. And it, that, that is just, say what you will about Mass Effect 2, that final mission is sheer anxiety, panic, heartbreak, and then when you've done it, ecstasy, bliss, and like, oh my lord, we actually did it, we pulled it off. It, that's a definitive Mass Effect experience, and it's made it for me. I think you hit the nail on the head. For me, it's tough. There are a lot of good ones, but I really like the cold opening for Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, when you see so, a child, do 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 do. It's so dramatic yeah, and like is. this is what the entire series has been building up to like yeah. the cold opening of mass effect 2 is also very good like shepherd just fucking dying in the north yeah. getting blown up that's really good but like, i was like well well this is happening okay <laughs> okay like, the reaper is just like showing up and earth getting completely overrun you having to evacuate the planet and like and then Your like of course too. And the piano starts playing. Aww. Like that that piano score in Mass Effect Three is uh, so fucking good. Amazing. And like it was, it was like do 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 boom, oh, and, the tile, and then the tile yeah. shows up, and I'm like, what am I? That's really good. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's a way to start the game. Um, it's it's barely related, by the way. Uh, I or like last month, I tried to uh, watch Daredevil season three because I never oh, yeah. did, and I was trying to uh, watch the little catch up that Netflix offers at the beginning. And do you want to know what the what the trailer or what the music is for the catch up? What is it? It's no. Mass Effect 3's theme. No way! I need to watch that now. I'm gonna go check. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bizarre. It's oh my goodness! where you're just watching like all the stuff from Daredevil season one and two with Oh my goodness! For me, I think there's a lot of favorite moments, moments that I really, really loved. But for me, I think if I had to choose, my favorite moment is near the ending of Mass Effect three, where you're you're talking to all your companions, you're you're saying goodbye to them, and you know this is you're probably all gonna die. And then the whole the, the whole thing happens, and in the end, when uh, Shepard falls down, you, you've said you've said goodbye to your um, to your love interest, and they all go on the Normandy, and you, as Shepard, you stay behind, and you get beat down, and then you think it's all over, but then Shepard gets up, despite everything. Shepard still gets up and does that. That moment was just so it was so intense. Also, Anderson's death. Oof. Oh yeah. He's like, I'm proud of you. I just think the, the whole, everything that leads up to the Mass Effect 3 ending is just my favorite part of Mass Effect. My fa or my favorite moment is actually the suicide mission. I couldn't oh, yeah. have said it better than you did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, oh. all else I'll add is, like, um, uh, don't tell me the indoctrination theory isn't true when uh, when the elusive man is literally indoctrinating you and forces you to shoot. Literally. Uh, Anderson. Yeah, literally. you're literally indoctrinated into shooting your friend. With that, we will wrap this up. The first ever Landsmeet Roundtable. I really appreciate Lisa Marshall and Chris for joining me for, joining me for this first escapade. And I really appreciate your time. Uh, for everyone who has listened this far, really, really appreciate it. Check out each of our social medias, our Instagrams down below. And yeah, really appreciate you guys coming on for this. And I really appreciate everyone for listening. But we will see you in the next lands meet. But yeah, have a good one. And I hope you're all staying safe. But we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
in Mass Effect Andromeda, you have this mysterious squad mate who is a biotic that was so strong that she had to go live with the Sari Huntresses because she was an active danger to everybody around her. And then she left suddenly all at once to go work for the Andromeda Initiative. And she tutored under your shady-ass dad. Or she trained under your shady-ass dad. And she wanted to be the next Pathfinder too, and she was jealous of being second in command. And it's like, hmm. Yeah, she's almost definitely the elusive man's daughter. Most and, certainly. Uh, and you can bang her. <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay. that's the final fuck you to the elusive man. Ship <laughs> <laughs> was like, by the way, in another life, I'll fuck your daughter. <laughs> 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 oh, you were damn, I thought it'd be great if you were recording that, Jack. Damn it. I was recording that. <laughs> <laughs> <You were> recording <laughs> please, please put that in. <laughs> <laughs> Very end.